I want to thank you, Democrats and Republicans, for your common support for Israel, year after year, decade after decade. Democrats and Republicans are more divided today than at any other time in the last two decades. But America's support for Israel transcends partisan politics. For decades, AIPAC has worked to strengthen, protect, and promote the U.S.-Israel alliance by encouraging bipartisan support in Congress. Bipartisanship is more than just a nice idea. It's the most effective way to build a lasting consensus to support Israel. Today, we finally acknowledge the obvious, that Jerusalem is Israel's capital. This is nothing more or less than a recognition of reality. America's commitment to the security of Israel is ironclad, and I might add, so is mine. Like all Americans, I have been inspired by Israel's long struggle to survive and to flourish. America, as always, is proud to stand with you. And you have built a mighty democracy that will endure forever and can always count on the United States of America to be at your side. And as the president of a country that you can count on as your greatest friend, I believe your future is bound to ours. The respect and the admiration we have for the people of this nation, their courage, their tenacity, is one that makes us proud to stand with Israel as we have in the past. It was 70 years ago that the United States under President Truman recognized the state of Israel. I stand in awe of the accomplishments of the Jewish people. And I make this promise to you, my administration will always stand with Israel. Israel is grateful for the support of America's people and of America's presidents. We share a common destiny, the destiny of promised lands that cherish freedom and offer hope. All right, welcome everybody to the Gnostic Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ. I am your teacher of the mysteries and preacher of the heart, Brother Marty Leeds. Welcome everybody. We really appreciate you showing up today. Heck of a way to start a sermon, but it's how we got to start the sermon today. So we do service every Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. We weren't here last week because we had a little vacation, took a break. We were just crazy busy, but we are back in the saddle again. And today we're going to be talking about... It's kind of uh, obligatory. We, it's a, it's necessary to. We, we pretty much uh, have to in this sort of sense, right? Uh, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So this is episode 89 of the Sunday service, and we really appreciate everybody showing up today because this is going to be obviously a hot topic and um, pretty controversial, And but we're going to hit it. Uh, we're going to do our best to shine as much light on this subject as we possibly can and do it the way that we do. So before we get into this, let's do this properly and let's start with a prayer, okay? Lord Jesus, following your example and command, we pray for our enemies today. We ask first that you would saturate our lives with the Holy Spirit's power and might. Send your love flowing through us and forgive us for holding on to anything that could hinder our prayers. We release any unforgiveness, thoughts of revenge, or hateful emotions that can quench your spirit in our hearts. And give us wisdom as we seek how to bless, to love, and to pray for our enemies. Amen. 
Before we get into everything um, that we're, you know, we're going to talk about today, I really want to start off by talking about um, the founding of Israel. Okay, a couple weeks ago we did a, a live stream, the last live stream that was called the uh, "If Why Is the Question, Pi Is the Answer," and we did this very. Um, very thorough and comprehensive look at basically the mathematical constant of pi and how it's found in the names of God in Hebrew and Greek and English and all this other stuff and why it's important, why mathematics is, could, would be considered the language of God, metaphysical language, all that sort of stuff. And I had mentioned in that live stream, I said, you know, I almost like sort of stopped and I said, look, what we're doing here, and I'm not saying this out of, uh, you know, to be hoity-toity or egotistical or self-righteous or anything of the sort. But what we're doing here at this church is very, very important. And I said that and I, and I, I you know, I essentially stopped the middle of the sermon to basically say that, right? And the, the reason is, is because, well, I'll show you today uh, before we get going, you know, <laughs> what, what, exactly what I mean. Okay, here is the emblem of Israel. Okay, once again, before we get into this whole Israeli-Palestinian conflict thing, let's just take a look at the emblem of Israel. The emblem of Israel has the cipher on it. The cipher that decodes multiple languages and decodes the Bible, and it's what we talk about quite a bit on the channel here, that sort of thing. One of the many things that we discuss, of course, that is the English cipher. That's the cipher for the English alphabet. It's all based on seven. So as you can see the on, on the list is the emblem of Israel. On the left there, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, and then there's a you know there's a leap that points up, and then six, five, four, three, two, one. You have the same on the left, left or same on the right, excuse me, and then in between there you have a seven-branch menorah. Well, this little cipher that we have in the lower left-hand corner there, that's exactly how the cipher is built. It's all based on seven, which is the central candle of the menorah. It goes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. This whole thing encodes pi. Okay, as we know, it encodes pi, tau, squaring numbers, squaring the circle, a bunch of different things, of course. And so does this, the emblem of Israel. It encodes pi. Okay, so once again, when we talk about this stuff on this channel and I say, hey, this is important, and the quote-unquote, the powers that be know this information, this is exactly what I mean. Adam Green, where are you, brother? Come on, let's talk about this. No? Okay. Israel became, once again, when we say I started the, you know, we did this whole live stream last, last or two weeks ago, whatever, but like, pie is important. Okay. Let's just talk about when Israel was founded. Israel was founded on May 14th, 1948. At midnight on May 14th, 1948, the provisional government of Israel proclaimed a new state of Israel. Now, mind you, a bunch of the countries around Israel do not even acknowledge Israel as a state. They actually see it as an overthrow of a government, an occupation, a terrorist, whatever. Okay, just so we just so you know. But according to them and according to the United States, the state of Israel was born <laughs> in the Palestinian Post, by the way, in the on May 14th. Now it's interesting because May 14th actually points to Pi. What are you talking about, Marty? Well, the if you've noticed the uh, our uh, our months are labeled incorrectly. So, for instance, 9/11 uh, didn't happen on September 11th, but sept means seven. It doesn't mean nine. That's dumb. Seventh month. Let's call it nine. Oct means eight. Yet it's the tenth month. November means nine. Yet it's the eleventh month. Deca in December means ten, and yet we label it the twelfth month. So, accordingly, if we actually label the months correctly, March would be the first month. April would be the second month, and May would be the third month, which means 
Israel was founded on 314. Marty, everything that you're talking about is just a bunch of nonsense. Just a bunch of m number mumbo jumbo. Are you sure? Are you sure? Israel was founded at midnight on the actual Pi Day, 314. And then their symbol encodes not only the English cipher, what encodes Pi, but has on that little pedestal there the menorah, which does what? Points to the number seven. Okay. So I just wanted to get a little of the esoterica out right away and just, uh, once again, just uh, point out the fact that what we're doing here at this church is absolutely important. Okay. That said, this conversation, this uh, this sermon today, will not, we will not be engaging in any hate speech or anti-Semitism, or bloodshed. We're not going to be calling for bloodshed, or racism, or supremacy, white supremacy. We're not doing any of that today. I have to make this little caveat. I have to make this little disclaimer because we are on, of course, YouTube. But So we will not be engaging in any of this stuff. Any claim of anything of the sort falls flat as the earth, okay? It is vacuous and void. It holds no freaking water. We don't engage in hate speech. We're not anti-Semites. We actually teach the Semite languages. <laughs> That's what we did the last sermon. We don't call for bloodshed because we have love in our hearts. And as you know, this channel or this, we don't really concern ourselves with racism or race, okay? We cannot engage in hate speech as Christians. If we are to be actual Christians, we cannot engage in hate speech. Okay, why? Because our Savior tells us that it doesn't even say, our Savior isn't like, this is a pretty good idea, guys. No, our Savior commands it of us. So if we're going to say that we're Christians at all, then there shall be no hate coming from our mouths or our hearts. It says it many times in the Bible, but Luke and Matthew, but here's from Matthew 5, uh, 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. And that's what we'll be doing today. We will be, this whole thing will be a prayer of love to all the people, all the wickedness of this world, all the people that are behind it, and the, and the religion, we'll talk about that. We're going to shower it with love. But we are also going to rebuke evil and call it out. And if we rebuke and call out evil and criticize it, that is not hate speech. Okay? Hate speech doesn't even make sense, but we're not going to get into that today. I'm just making the claim for the censors. So don't you dare try to put any hate speech or white supremacy, any sort of bullshit sort of claim on this live stream, on this video. We're also not political. Why? Well, if you're listening at home at the Gnostic Church Academy of Lord Jesus Christ, I'm just showing you a picture of on the left there, there's Ronald Reagan, on the right is Donald Trump. Um, those guys are actors. All you MAGA people out there, you've been following an actor. Like it, dislike it, it's the truth. And we're here for the truth, okay? What we're going to find today is one of the reasons that we're not political is because what these what a guy like Donald Trump is is what uh, Henry Ford called the Gentile Front. And we're going to discuss this today. That's the Gentile Front. So there's Donald Trump. And uh, to, the, to the right of Donald Trump, his right, our left there is a guy named Roy Kahn. Now, Roy Kahn is, once again, not the kind of guy that you're going to want to invite to your, your garden party, right? If little Jimmy's having his fifth, you know, his fifth birthday party, you're probably not going to want Roy Kahn to bring the fucking balloons and cake. Let's just say that, okay? Now, this guy is an absolute scumbag. But we're not going to get into Roy Kahn today. But he is a Jewish fellow. We're just saying that. And so what we're going to see today is people like, 
like Do uh, Donald Trump and Ronald Reagan and Barack Obama and Joe Biden. This is what's called what Henry Ford called a Gentile front. And we'll get into that today. And so all the people that follow uh, Donald Trump and are still MAGA and things like that. You know, Jennifer and I have a joke about uh, people that still follow Donald Trump. And we just kind of... Actually, we heard it... Um, we, we heard it by watching um, National Geographic. It's like they, they had a video where they were following retards in the wild and that they were trying to, uh, you know, figure out their mating, uh, their mating calls and stuff like that. And the mate, when you're in the wild, you can hear it too. When retards want to mate, they give the mating call like this. Trump! Trump! And that's how you know when retards are mating. Okay, there's my joke for today. But we're not going to be discussing or concerning ourselves with any of this. Hate speech, anti-Semitism, bloodshed. Everything we're going to be talking about today will be about God and theology. God and theology is all we will be concerning ourselves with today. So any claim that we're talking about anything other than people's beliefs in God, your, uh, your accusations, your criticisms will just fall flat as the earth, as I like to say. The reason I have to do this whole um, disclaimer here in the introduction here is because we're going to be talking about them inside manipulators you know, those in this certain tribe that is the inside manipulators. You know, this guy, this guy's name is Travis Patron, I think is his name. Patron is his name. And he was a guy that started the nationalist movement in Canada. It was a political party. Now, once again, we're not political, but uh, he started a nationalist movement in, uh, in Canada. And he said he made the conspiratorial claim that there was a vast Jewish conspiracy at work in Canada. And he went to jail for this for hate speech. So uh, the harm of this offense is to the entire Canadian community. Anti, this is what uh, um, one of the guy from Benai Birth, Birth, I think, said. Um, he said, anti-Semitism isn't just history. It resurges again and again, so it's history. Uh, this is deeply concerning to the Jewish community as dangerous, racist, hateful words can turn into dangerous, racist violence. Patrons conspiracy theories, this guy here this, this was calling out the inside manipulators. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he said that they said that his conspiracy theories have created an increased need for the security of the Palestinian people. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. An increased security of the Jewish community because of the unknown impact on those he was seeking to radicalize with poisonous views. So we have to make this whole disclaimer today because people literally go to jail in other countries for talking about what we're going to be talking about today. Ava Bartlett, I don't know if you know Ava Bartlett. Love Ava Bartlett. I've uh, been following her for years. She uh, ran a channel called In Gaza. She does WordPress and that sort of stuff. She's got an Odyssey channel and that sort of thing. But Ava Bartlett, as you can see, just look at her right there. Just full of hate. The rage that you could see just boiling up in little Ava. Ava there is like, probably like five foot two or some shit, right? Anyway, anyway, she just got her channel In Gaza taken down for the hate speech policy because she was hating. And all, of course, Ava was doing was saying, yeah, there's some war crimes going on over here and I'm just talking, I'm just in Gaza, like literally went to Gaza and just talked to the Palestinian people and we can clearly see that men, women, and children are being murdered who have not. Anyway, so that's what she, she was basically just criticizing Israel. And nope, you can't do that. So the Palestinians behind YouTube, no shit. It's not the Palestinians. Anyway, the people behind YouTube, they took her down, so you can't talk about that. And I've dealt with my own um, <clears throat> bout of Censorship, as you guys know, I made a little documentary. Most people haven't seen it. You should see it. It's called We Need to Talk About the Jews. And that was taken down immediately within the first hour of me posting it. And immediately an algorithm was created. So anytime anybody else <laughs> got the video and posted it, 
it was taken down. So, and I mean, taken down from BitChute when I posted it in BrainFeed, it's up there now. But I remember looking at 4chan and they're like, uh, this guy from Romania said, holy shit, every link is dead. It was like, yeah, so as soon as this video came up criticizing Judaism, it was immediately taken down. So, um, so I've dealt with, you know, uh, loads of censorship as we all have. Um, one of the videos that was censored that we're, um, I'm going to be sort of um, leapfrogging off today, if you will, was this video called Hassan, uh, it's uh, called Palestinian Perspective is from The Way Forward by Alex Zach, and it was an interview with Hassan Abbas, and it was a Palestinian perspective. It was a Palestinian, basically just talking about the situation. Now, this was a very heart-centered, very heartfelt um, conversation, both absolute gentlemen. I, Alex Zach, I've met Alec, he's a great guy. I'm supposed to do his podcast next week. Um, you know, these are very, these are gentlemen. These are guys that have a full hearts, just full of love. But what I think, what I want to do with this this live stream here is sort of fill in the blanks. I want to fill in some of the things that I think were missed in that conversation. That's all. But so, you know, mad respect to those guys and much love. But um, I think there's 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 more that needs to be discussed, and that's what we're going to do today. Um, everything that we do comes from a heart-centered approach. Okay, and that's really what this conversation was. It was completely heart-centered. You know, and the people that passed it around, people were like, oh, you need to drink of this alchemy and that sort of stuff. And it's like, that's great. That's that's fine. Um, and, uh, you know, so we're, we're, we're pro heart centered approach. That's what, and that's not, um, that's just not a good philosophy that we adhere to here at the National Church Academy of Lord Jesus Christ. That's just not like a good idea that we sort of align with. This is commanded of us by our savior. It's commanded of us. That we, that we live in this world with a full, loving heart. It's not called the sacred brain of Jesus. It's not called the sacred eyebrows of Jesus. It's not called the sacred, you know, private member of Jesus. No, no. As you can see in all of these illustrations here, what is the thing that's being presented to us by our Lord and Savior? It's a beaming heart. So if we want to seek the way, the truth, and the life, and we want to actually find out what's going on in this world, the only way that you're going to see it is if you have a full, loving heart. That's the only way that you can look at this world to actually see the truth behind things, okay? And that's what we'll be doing today. Now, we are going to be calling out evil. We're going to be rebuking evil, and I am going to be sharp with my fucking words. But make no mistake in anything that I am saying today is causing for hate, violence, bloodshed, anything of the sort, it will be coming straight from the heart today because that's where we need to come from. It's our obligation. No one I know consents to this. No one I know is cheering this on. Now, I know there are lots of people that are. Don't get me wrong. I'm not stupid, right? But as far as my ilk, as far as the people that I surround myself with, as far as the people that are in this congregation, and if you don't agree with us, you need to get the fuck out. But as far as, you know, the people that we want to call friends and, 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 and you know, confidants and, you know, comrades and all the brothers and sisters and all this other stuff, no one consents to this. No one's like, yes, we need more bloodshed. Nobody I know. Now, I'm not saying they're not out there. I'm just saying that I don't surround myself with those people. We don't do that. Okay? So, just so you know, everybody I know says, we don't want any of this. Stop it all. Okay? Most people that I know don't give a shit about what's going on over there. As far as what's happening in the... Now, what do I mean they don't give a shit? Of course they give a shit. Of course they care. Once again, everybody I know cares. But the problem is, is that um, we have our own problems. And we also know that what we're being told about the whole situation isn't the truth. 
anything, pretty much any information that we get from any sort of media outlet, as we'll talk about today, isn't going to give us the truth. So we have our own concerns and our own problems. San, San Francisco has a poop map where homeless people are pooping so much. And if you look at the map, it's literally just all over San Francisco. Those are our concerns. So do we have love and care for um, every all, all of the innocent people that are being um, harmed over there and dying? And all, Of course. Everyone I know has a full heart for the innocent men, women, and children that are suffering under this conflict. Everybody I know. But at the same time, while we have that concern, we also have to say we have our own concerns in our own country. Okay? And as we're going to see today, that the same... The same um, we'll just say the, the same group, the same tribe that is causing the conflict over there is causing it here. So what's going on is, look at all the folks I give. We absolutely care. Our hearts are laid on the table for, once again, all the innocent men, women, children that are being harmed. But at the same time, we have problems in our countries. And those are our concerns. And as we're going to see, it's not a separate conversation. All those people that actually say they don't give a shit, you better start giving a shit. If you actually don't give a shit, you better start giving a shit. And we'll get to that. So meanwhile, in your country, we're, what's happening in the Middle East? Well, what's happening in our country? Mass immigration. We're being replaced. And none of the politicians seem to give a shit. We're being taxed to death. Property tax and sales tax and death tax. And of course, we have the banksters that are completely destroying the financial markets and inundating our, you know, our political system. And of course, we have a completely bloated and out of control government that's just sucking the teat off the people. And then our skies are filled with condensation trails. They're, they're, there's this water vapor <laughs> everywhere. And so we have those concerns. And then, of course, we people are going broke. They can't afford anything. They're starting, they can't even afford rent. And apparently your empty wallet looks like a vagina. I don't know, but anyway. And then, of course, those crazy wildfires. It's so wild and crazy those fires are. And then we, we have those concerns. And, of course, we have the fact that we just went through a genocide campaign. Oh, no, we didn't just go through it. We're still undergoing a genocide campaign where they completely lied about that whole thing, about the you know, the VA double X thing. You remember that? Remember that? And of course, we have an entire food supply that's been poisoned, approved by the FDA. Who's behind the FDA? I, we probably won't get that to that today, but I think that, you know, you'll figure it out. And of course, we have inflation that's just going up and we have that concern. And of course, our entire infrastructure and all the industry, especially in the United States here, has been sucked out. And so, and then of course, we have uh, the, the, the fact that uh, we, there's a campaign and a movement that's trying to get young men to chop off their penises and young women to cut off their breasts. So we, we have, and actually we'll find out kind of who's behind all that too, but so we have our own concerns. So when the media is like, oh, well, number one, we already know the media is lying. You've lost all, you know, we don't trust you anymore. Okay. So when the media says, look at this, look at this, look at this, we already know that that's not the whole story. And we already know that the media is not concerning themselves with any of this stuff or this or the banksters, or the bloated government, or the condensation trails, or the what's actually causing those crazy wild and crazy fires. And then the, were they honest about this whole thing? And how about the fact that our, no, nothing. We, they're not concerned with any of that. But they do want us to be concerned with a baby that was allegedly murdered in Israel. 
So, so we the people, when we see this anymore, this like photo op of Joe Biden and BB and they're crying on his shoulder, and Israel, U.S. Israel blamed Palestinian group. They blame them. <laughs> it wasn't to say that they actually did it, but they blame them. At least as far as I know, no one gives a shit about this. No one gives a shit about your photo op. We are concerned with the fact that while there's a poop map in San Francisco, you're sending all of our money to Ukraine and Israel. We are concerned about that. Okay. We also know that all the world's a stage. And this comes from one of uh, William Shakespeare's most famous plays, Encino Man. No, I'm just kidding. Um, this, <laughs> so Now, this is a very esoteric statement, by the way. This isn't necessarily um, it's supposed to be mentioning the world stage and the theater that's going on. It's very esoteric what he's saying here, but it, it makes the point. All the world's a stage. And all the men and women merely players, they have their exits and their entrances, and one man in his time plays many parts, his act being seven ages. Seven. Interesting. I wonder if William Shakespeare knew some shit. He did. So, all the world's a stage. We know that all of this shit is staged. Even if there's some real stuff that's happening, we can't trust what you're saying about it. And we'll get to why. Okay? We know that most wars, if not all wars, are started with false flags. And we have a history of this. Now, this isn't some tinfoil hat nutter butter fucking conspiracy. I just Googled false flag and I think this was the sixth thing that came up, guys. <laughs> so this is the United States, the false flag empire. But who's behind the United States? Who's, who's the country? What's the... Well, anyway, we'll get to that. The trajectory of the American empire has relied so heavily on false flag attacks, one could describe it as a false flag empire. Once again, I didn't have to go, uh, you know, combing the dark back rooms of Alex Jones's Infowars to find this. This is literally just one of the articles that comes up on Google. They literally just fully admit that every war that America has been involved with, in and with it was started by a false flag. It's a lie. The Korean War uh, was the U.S. military industrial complex that got in there and started some shit. The Vietnam War, uh, the, the Gulf of Tonkin incident. Turns out that never happened. Remember when they sent all of those young men to die in that war over there and then they killed all the young men and then burned the villages and all that other shit? That was all started because of the Gulf of Tonkin and it never happened. Then the Grenada invasion and the Cuba when the U.S. supported the new right-wing leader. And then the annexation of Hawaii. I remember this because when I moved to Hawaii, this was one of the first things that I, I learned about is the fact that the United States just came in and essentially warred with them and then just took their their land the spanish-american war well we won't get into that desert storm you guys remember that one i remember it remember when they they said that there was there was a they even tell you there was a media hoax where the daughter of the kuwaiti u.s ambassador played a nurse on tv and testified to witnessing iraqi soldiers throwing babies out of incubators in kuwait remember that it never happened they fully admit it never happened that was enough that one thing was enough to get people emotionally involved to say let's go die let's go die because we need to stop Kuwait. Afghanistan invasion, we won't even need to get into that. Um, the Panama U.S. and Israeli sponsored war between Iraq and Iran. Remember when the Palestinians, they, they worked with, no, I'm sorry. Remember when the Israelis worked with the U.S. and they, you know. <laughs> um, the, how about this one? You guys remember this one? Remember that? I remember. It was 9-11, for those of you listening at home, that the second Gulf War, they said that there was um, weapons of mass destruction and then there wasn't. And then they blamed this all on um, a bunch of uh, 19 hijackers, Muslims. Muslims, they said. And then it turns out 
it was it was it was the dancing Palestinians that no I'm sorry it was the dancing Israelis that were that anyway so but but you remember that when they 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 called the 19 hijackers that were Muslims and they pitted they they told a Christian nation the media told a Christian nation that those evil Muslims did it to us remember that remember that and that was all a false flag and then so the, one of the things that you know like uh, I'm sure YouTube will probably try to want to be like are these guys Nazis no we we actually we're pattern recognizers and we're seeing a little pattern that's developing here. Okay. So this was um, World War II, right? That actually got the Nazis into power. Remember that whole thing? It was, the, it was the burning of the Reichstag. And shortly after 9 p.m. on this, the 27th of February, 1933, the Reichstag building was reported as on fire and the firefighters were dispatched. Despite their efforts, most of the building was gutted. So it was like, so basically the Nazis got into power and it was like a, it was a, it was a, they killed, they got stoned with two birds. They killed two birds with one stone. So basically they burned this old, absolutely beautiful building that was of the old world architecture. So they, they burned that down. And then the Nazis got into power, which ended up what? Ultimately getting the Jews uh, into power. But, well, you know, so let's just say that that's a false flag. That's what that is. Okay, so all of these wars, all of these wars were started with what? False flags. So what do we, what do we assume what was going on here? Remember when, when we were told it was like, oh, it's just such a joke now. Paragliders flying into the Iron Dome. None of us trust you anymore. We don't trust anything you're saying. This is what Ben Shapiro uh, posted. And he said, a pregnant woman in southern Israel was found by Hamas terrorists. They dissected her body. Her stomach was cut open and they took out the fetus with the umbilical cord and let the unborn child die slowly out of his, out of his mother's womb. This is what the inhuman savages Hamas do to people. They're always trying to make the enemy inhuman, right? That's how you can destroy them. They're inhuman. They just must be annihilated. Well, as we're going to find out, that's actually part of a religion. We'll get into that. So... You know, when I hear this, a pregnant woman in southern Israel was found by Hamas terrorists. They dissected her body. Her stomach was cut open and they took out the fetus of the umbilical cord and let the unborn child die slowly out of his mother's womb. This is what inhuman right? I mean, that sounds unbelievable, man. I mean, that, that sounds unbelievable. It does sound unbelievable. But it happened. And it reminds me of a time too painful to remember when um, the Jewish man, Mr. Hubert, was talking about the time that he went to Buchenwald. And in the camp there, there was a cage. And in that cage was a bear and an eagle. And he said that every day, those evil Nazis would throw a Jew in there. And the bear would tear him apart and the eagle would pick at his bones. But that's unbelievable, whispered a visitor. It is unbelievable, said Mr. Hubert. But it happened. So any proof of this, Ben? Any proof of any of the stuff that is being claimed? Right, of course, we, we hear this. They cut the fingers off Jewish children, remove their eyeballs. Please lecture me about proportionality. And then Ryan Dawson there says, and then they put them on a roller coaster to the gas chamber. Times like this, when we see what's happening in the world and we see politicians or political pundits or celebrities or whoever it is, whoever it is that catches your ear, if they're calling for bloodshed and war or anything like that, this is a perfect time to separate the wheat and the chaff. This is, times like these are a blessing and a gift in many ways. Because what it does is it allows us to actually understand who's for God, who's actually for God, and who's not. If you're calling for the annihilation of a group of people, 
constant bloodshed, genocide. Guess what? I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news. I mean, I can't believe a pastor even has to tell you this, but you're not for fucking, you're, you're, you're not for peace. You're not for God. You're not on God's side. I don't, once again, I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news about that. But so when we see times like this, when we see people being like, yes, we need our, that tells you everything you need to know about their character, about what's inside them, about their worldview, and the kind of God that they serve. It isn't the almighty God that is above all things and, you know, beyond the beyond the beyond the beyond. No, it's not that God. It's a God of this world, if you will, that they're serving. And we can actually see some of these people that actually, you know, not too many people I would say at this church or whatever, but, you know, people that give their ear to pieces of shit like this. And we say that out of love. I can call I can call Jordan Peterson a total pile of shit, and I can do it with love. It's just like my uncle my uncle Bob, my uncle Bob, alcoholic, you know, total mess with his life, get you know you know got all sorts of problems, couldn't you know couldn't hold a job, all this other shit, wasted all of his money, total piece of shit. Is his actions prove that he's be shit? I love him though, totally love the guy. Okay, so Jordan Peterson here is uh, having the conversation with Prime Minister Elect Benjamin Netanyahu. And so this tells you everything you need to know about characters. It's a beautiful time. We get to shine a light on uh, the scumbags. And of course, people are starting to see this. This is what they call the noticing, as we'll talk about today. The idiot anonymous troll demons presume they are insulting me with the with the sobriquet. Ooh, fancy terms, Mr. Mr. Peterson. I'm an author and I don't even know what that means. I had to look it up in the dictionary. You're so smart. Juden Peterson is what they're calling him. Okay. The fact that these cowardly, basement-dwelling, narcissistic toddlers... No, no, um, we're, we're not... I don't dwell in a basement, dude. I'm not narcissistic and I'm not a toddler, Juden. So I love... So times like this get to shine the light on who's for, the, who's for humanity and love and peace and unity and righteousness and virtue and God Almighty. And who's not? I love my, my favorite interview Jordan Peterson did was when the trucker convoy happened, and then they and then remember the Trudeau government they blamed um, they blamed the Diagalon, which is an, a fucking internet meme. And so when this whole thing happened, my favorite interview was when Jordan Peterson talked to Jeremy McKenzie, raging dissident, who was the leader of Diagalon. It was a great interview. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry, that never happened. That never happened. Um, Jordan Peterson did talk to B.J. Dichter though who is a Jewish man who ripped off a bunch of the truckers. So once again, times like these, this time has actually been going on for a while. It didn't just happen when the Israeli, you know, Palestinian conflict just erupted recently. If you've been paying attention, we've been able to separate the wheat and the chaff for a while. And times like this help us understand, actually help us point out rats. And that's exactly what they are. Rats. You smell it? I smell it. <laughs> Smells like Matt Walsh and Charlie Kirk and Ben Shapiro and Juden Peterstein. That's what it smells like. <laughs> so anybody, this comes from Derek Grant's, hilarious. <laughs> uh, anybody that's literally saying we need to start wars, they're the rat. They're the people that are for the God of this world as opposed to the almighty God that is above all, through all, and within you all. In times like these, we get to point them out, point our fingers at them, and say, 
You're a domestic terrorist. That's what these people are. The, this, these people right here, these rats, that's, those are domestic terrorists, ladies and gentlemen. And we'll talk about that. So uh, Alex Zek posted something pretty, pretty awesome. He said, when the mainstream media, celebrities, most Western governments, historically corrupt warmongering politicians and political pundits are all pushing the same talking points, alarm bells should be going off in your head and you should probably question what's being shared and look much deeper. I thought we knew this already. So it makes you, you know, it's just when all of these people come out and they all start pushing the same talking points, just like it happened through COVID, the alarm bell should be going off in your head being like, whatever they're selling, I ain't fucking buying. All right. Times like these allow us to really shine a light on the wicked and the evildoers and the freaking demons in our world. And it's making me start to question uh, Sweet Mama Cheebs. Um, so I've, I've noticed Sweet Mama Cheebs lately. She's been watching Charlie Kirk. She's been tuning into uh, Turning Point USA. And she's been, I've caught her reading the Bible, but every time it's Old Testament. I don't, I, so anyway, so Jennifer and I, we're keeping an eye out, okay? So anyway, so so the question becomes like when we look at this this whole, um, you know, the, the, this whole conflict, we have, to, we have to say like, who started this, right? Like the question is like, who, who dealt, who farted? That's the question. Basically, what we want to know is who started this conflict because the conflict was started by somebody, okay? And so when a conflict starts and basically somebody destroys a house or a country or you know commits some sort of war crime or whatever it is, the person that is, you know, uh, that's responding to that, they are responding out of self-defense, okay? So we have to ask who started this war. Who started in the beginning? Who is to blame for, for you know, uh, to giving the first blow, if you will, okay? We, we really want to know who farted, okay? And as we're going to see, spoiler alert, Israel smelt it, okay? So whoever smelt it, dealt it. We're going to say that Israel smelt it and Israel dealt it, okay? So that's our spoiler alert. Now, if we actually want to know, now that, the, Marty, that's just your opinion. That's just your opinion. No, it's not. No, it's not. We've actually been given a holy book to determine who farted, okay? And that is called the Holy Bible. Now at this church, we repeat it, we talk about it exhaustively, I repeat myself too much, right? But basically what we're saying is this, the Holy Bible, the stories in the Holy Bible are timeless. Those stories did not happen 2,000 years ago, okay? Those stories are happening today and this is why the Holy Bible is applicable today. This is why we can pick up the, and read the Bible today and be like, hey, wait a second. Okay? So the Holy Bible actually tells us who is the instigator. The Holy Bible instructs us very specifically, and ad nauseum, if you will, and, and it tells us exactly who farted. Okay? And so there is, you know, there's an eternal conflict in the, with the Jewish people, with the people of this world, there is an internal conflict with the religion of Judaism. And that's what we'll be talking about today. And we'll be sussing out, wait a second, what about this Jew here? I'm a Jew. We'll, we'll cover all that. Don't worry. Stick around. So this eternal conflict with the Jewish people has been so important that it has been codified into Holy Writ. I want you to understand that. That Jesus, when Jesus came, he rebuked a certain group of people and those people are Jews. Okay? Now, we have been at war. 
Like, and I called this when and during COVID, you know, I think many of us have known that we've been at war for a very long time. Like the, the, in fact, the people of the world, not just the United States or Canada, or the people of the world have been, you know, we're at war. Okay. And we're going to, and we're going to figure out today who exactly we're at war with. And where are we going to go to find this information? Marty's opinion? No. No, we're going to go to Holy Writ to do so. And we are going to suss this out for all the people that don't understand this. Okay. When we look at all those false flags, when those veterans that fought for this country look at all those wars that they that they uh, you know participated in, like good old Jeremy McKenzie, Reggie Dissonant up there, he went to war for Canada, and then he came back and he found out, I was like, oh fuck, I wasn't fighting for Canada at all. I was fighting for somebody else. I was fighting for another. I wasn't even a country actually. Actually, I was fighting for a religion. When veterans actually figured that out. That all that the all the all the brothers and sisters that they lost in the war and all the you know I mean I've been to a vet hospital it's fucking depressing I remember my grandpa was in there right he fought in World War II probably fought my wife's grandpa okay they all went to war and died for a group of people as we'll find out that don't give a fuck about you and they write that and they talk about it it's written in their holy book and they act that way in the world. So when the vets find out, as they are now, slowly but surely, that all those brothers and sisters that died, that they fought in, in, you know, next to them in the foxhole, that they weren't fighting for the freedom of their country or the prosperity of their people, they're going to get pissed. Good. Now, when you get pissed, don't let the anger take over because that's not going to help anything. We don't come from hate or anger. You're going to have to fill that up with love and then make some hard decisions moving forward. And we'll talk about those hard decisions at the end of this live stream. This is what Henry Ford, the 33rd degree Freemason, Henry Ford had to say. Wars are the Jews' harvest. And this is an ancient saying that he uh, put in his book, The International Jew. Wars are the Jews' harvest. It's an ancient saying. So when we say, hey man, this eternal conflict with the Jewish people has been around for, you know, it's, it's, a long, it's, it's, it's a long time that we've had this problem. There's an ancient saying attributing the fact that when we go to war, it's for the Jews. Everything about Israel is illegal. Is Now, we don't really give a shit about illegal, right? Because legal is just a bunch of fiction stuff that you write down on paper and shit like that. So I guess it, it is illegal in this sort of sense. But it's unlawful. It's inhuman is what it is. That's what it is. And it is an occupation. And there's no question about it. Okay? So I, people, enough people have seen this. 1947, the year before Israel became a state. Uh, that's what Palestine looked like. And then 53, 58 years later, whatever that is, in 2005 there, you can see, and it's even worse now because it's 2023, right? You can even see that uh, they've been wiped out. The Palestinian people have been wiped out in 60 years, whatever it is, 60, 70 years, 75 years, I guess it is now. This is old maps of Palestine. And the National Geographic map of the region in 1947 Palestine. And it's student's map of Palestine in the Old and New Testament. Wait, what? Like, literally, the Old and New Testament. Biblical. 
the what does this say? The Old Testament map of Palestine. Holy shit. Holy Lord. There's Palestine again. So this conflict has been going on a while. And so let's let's uh, there's this Palestinian woman and she's going to sing us a little song and in about 1 minute she's going to wrap up the entire history of what's going on in this country in this or this region. There once was a land called Palestine where Christians, Muslims and Jews lived fine in the 1800s. It was ruled by the Ottoman Empire. Meanwhile, a bearded guy founded Zionists for Jews to aspire. A land that becomes their home and safe only for their kind. Then there was World War One that ended when the Allies won and England was like, hey, this beautiful land is totally mine. Still the name was Palestine, even though it was colonized, and a promise for a Zionist state was made by a man that had no right. Then more and more Jews arrived seeking refuge, and that's alright until their plan to steal the land was no longer to hide. The year was 1948 when Israel bullied its way into a state. Thousands of Palestinians fled their homes to survive. No right for return, no right for a home, no right to fight for the land that they owned. Israel expanded more and more into an apartheid. Where is your human? Humanity, where is your respect for dignity? Call it conflict, that's insanity. It's time to change your mind. One day Palestine will be free, so be on the right side of history. You're not anti-Semitic if you stand against war crimes. Don't be brainwashed by the news. Now you can see for yourself the truth. Learn about the story, story of Palestine. Don't you hate the, the TikTok thing at the end? It always ruins every video. But anyway, so that pretty much sums it up. There's the story and a little song in about uh, one minute there. So pretty lovely. And so, of course, Zionism. Now, people say, well, it's a political thing. It's the government. It's not. It's not a religious problem. It's the government. No, it's not. And we're going to talk about that today. It's not the government. No, it's not. Now, of course, we have problems with governments. Don't get me wrong. If you want if you want to hear somebody bitch about the governments and how governments are bloated and completely out of control, stop on over to the Nazi Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ. We talk about it all the time. Can't stand governments completely out of control. But guess what? Governments, let me say this again, governments are not to blame here. Zionism is a movement originally for the reestablishment and now the development and protection of a Jewish nation, which is now Israel. It was established as a political organization in 1897 under Theodore Herzl. And that, th that political organization was based on a religious movement. There would be no Zionism without Judaism. So there's a lot of people out there like saying this is a problem with governments. And we're going to talk about that. Well, yeah, governments are a problem. Don't get me wrong. I'll be the first to talk about that. But this is not a problem with politics or governments. Um, this is what Theodore Herzl said, and he was the guy that founded uh, Zionism, right? And that whole movement is based on uprooting the Palestinian people. So it's like, yeah, you're saying it's bad for Israel, Jews to have a state. No, it's fine. You guys can have a state. We'll talk about that at the end of this, in fact. We'll give you North Dakota. Anyway, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, they, 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 they can have their state, yeah, but not at the decimation and ethnic cleansing and occupation of another country. It's not yours. Okay. So, um, Theodore Herzl wrote in a title called The Jewish State, and he's the guy that founded 
Zionism. He said, in 1882, Leo Pinsker, a Jewish physician of Odessa, uh, disturbed by the pogroms of 1881, made a keen analysis of the position of the Jews and declared that anti-Semitism was a psychosis and incurable, that the cause of it was the abnormal condition of Jewish life and that the only remedy for it was the removal of the cause through self-help and self-liberation. The Jewish people must become an independent nation and settled on the soil of their own land and leading the life of a normal people. So when they settled in Palestine, they just claimed it was theirs and then have spent the last how many years murdering Palestinians. Now, a lot of people want to blame the government, and um, this actually comes from Alex Zach again, and he's right, but he's there's... There's some things missing here, is all I'm saying. This is the problem. Failing to differentiate between governments, ruling militias, and the innocent people who live on the land near them, Hamas is not the Palestinian people. The Israeli government is not the Israeli people. I am not the U.S. government. And when we fail to differentiate, the innocent people get thrown into the mix and more of them become radicalized. Well, in general, I agree with that. I'm not the, I mean, we're supposed to be the United States government, but the governments are completely out of control. Okay. We, I think we can pretty much all agree about, with that across the land. And so then we say, well, the governments are the problem. Well, no, the government is just like a gun. It's no different. The government, what is it? It's created by people. Okay? It's just a bunch of shit written down and things that were... Okay, cool. What is a gun? It's created by people. Is that gun harmful? All the gun rights act advocates and things like that will say, no, it's not the gun. It's the person that's actually holding the gun. It's the person that's pulling the trigger. Well, it's the same thing that goes for government. Is the government inherently evil? Well, it can cure people. So can a gun. Is it inherently evil? No. It's who's behind who's holding that gun. Okay? So a lot of people say it's the government's fault. And I'll just say this. Yeah, we can absolutely blame governments. Right? As far as like how they're acting and things like that. But governments don't do shit. Governments are just literally just bureaucratic, you know, legalese or whatever put down on paper. There are people behind those governments that make decisions. And as we will find, the people, the people that are behind our government, the United States government here, are adhering to a religion. And that religion is ultimately supremacist and doesn't even see you as human, lower than human. Or not on the same par with them. And we'll talk about that. So when people say it's the government's fault, okay, well, if it's Hamas, well, I think pretty much everybody knows now Hamas is Mossad. Why do I feel like, this actually comes from uh, ADV, it says, why do I feel like Hamas is actually working for Israel to clear out the land so Israel can get the entire portion of what was once Palestine? I see Hamas's controlled proxy group similar to Patriot Front, BLM, and Antifa in the U.S., uh, like another Mossad-run proxy group is ISIS. Every move Hamas makes in the end always benefits Israel. So it's like, it's the government's fault. Okay, well, if it is, who's behind that government? Who's behind Hamas? Well, Mossad. It's not even, at this point, it's pretty much just well-known. Okay, so then we say, oh, it's the government. Okay, well, who's behind that government, though? And which god do they do they uh, adhere to, they follow? Is it the god of this world? Or is it the, or is it the god of all things? <clears throat> this is what Netanyahu said 
Um, this was in March of 2019. Anyone who wants to thwart the establishment of a Palestinian state has to support bolstering Hamas and transferring money to Hamas. This is part of our strategy. That was four years ago. They're just, he, he's literally just saying that they're supporting Hamas. And then Hamas attacks Israel and they're like, oh, time to annihilate a group of people. When, you, when we have this conversation, this is what I really want to get into people's heads. When you blame politics or you blame the government or you, that sort of thing, you're, ultimately you're missing the, the point. You're missing their, uh, you don't have the whole story. Let's just say that, okay? Because the government and your political party is not the strongest thing in your, your life. You do not, you will, you know, in this sense, you will die for God, but you're not going to die for the Democrats, are you? No. No, no, no. So when we look at who's to blame for this, all right? Is it the governments or is it the nation? Or is it, it's a political party? It's the race? No, God trumps all of these things. Your belief in God and your adherence to God, especially when it comes from, like, when it comes to the Jewish people, you know, it's a long-standing tradition. They, their omega point, right? Their entire trajectory as, of a, as a people, as a tribe, has everything to do with their belief in God. Someone's belief in God will always trump their their adherence to a government or a nation or a political party or race. Well, that's kind of difficult with Jews, but uh, or even reality. Your belief in God is stronger than actual reality. People will do all sorts of crazy shit on behalf of God, completely completely um, denying the actual reality of the situation. Think about that. That's how strong people's belief in God is. Well, the Jewish people have a very, very strong belief in God. And we're going to see why that's a problem. So the people that are blaming the governments of the world, governments don't do anything. People do things. And people run those governments and those people have a God. Those people adhere to to a God, as we'll find out, or as, a, as in a belief system that is unbelievably supremacist. So this is what I wrote in um, Telegram. I said, when you look at this crisis, or this, this, all of this shit that's going on in the Middle East right now, when you put Christ before all things, the answers to the problems in the Middle East become very clear. So Palestinian, the, you know, there's a lot of Islamic people there, obviously that sort of thing. I mean, it's the Abrahamic religions that really dominate that area, et cetera, et cetera. We all think, think we all know this. In Islam, according to the Quran, Jesus is considered a prophet and a forerunner to Muhammad. Okay? Now, I know this. I used to date, I used to date a woman that was, that was Islamic. She spoke Farsi. Like, you know, um, there, was, there was no conflict. Like, if I talked to her about Christ or anything like that, there would be no conflict. Okay, she actually taught me a bunch of the like uh, esoteric notions that are behind the Quran and the names of God and the phrases of Allah and stuff like that. Pretty interesting shit. They like if I would have dated her, if if we would have ended up getting married and she would have taken me home to Iran to meet her family. Now I'm sure her family would be like, ah, oh, couldn't you find a nice Iranian boy? But they wouldn't have hated it. They wouldn't have like disowned her. Okay, now that's not the same for somebody who practices Judaism. If I would, if I, and I can actually tell you somebody I'm not going to, but if I would have uh, dated, dated a Jewish woman and then became Christian and wanted to convert her, that would be a huge problem. 
Okay. So, in Islam, according to the Quran, Jesus is considered a prophet and a forerunner to Muhammad. In Judaism, according to the Talmud, Jesus is boiling in shit. Go back to this. In the Quran, place Je- the, the Quran places Jesus among the greatest prophets and mentions him with various titles. The prophethood of Jesus is preceded by that of Yahweh and succeeded by Muhammad the latter of whom Jesus is reported to have prophesied by using the name Ahmad. So in, and I can tell you this firsthand, literally dating a Muslim woman, that they saw Jesus as a prophet. So all of this in the media is like, all those evil Muslims that are, okay, well, I can tell you firsthand that that's not the case, right? But I can tell you firsthand that uh, in, because I've read it and we'll read it here, that in the Talmud, which is, will be considered the oral Torah, Jews think Jesus is boiling in shit. The supposed presence of Jesus, it's not even supposed. The presence of Jesus the Nazarene in boiling excrement is one of the often claimed references to Jesus in the Talmud. Let's read it. Onkolos then went and raised Jesus the Nazarene from the grave through necromancy. Onkolos, Onkolos said to him, who is the most important in the world where you are now? Wait, isn't Jesus in heaven? Oh, so they raised him from the dead. And basically what the Talmud is saying is Jesus is in hell. Who is the most important in that world where you are? Jesus said to him, the Jewish people. That's the most, Jesus tells <laughs> the Jews, the rabbis, the Jewish people are the most important people. Ancolos said to him, what is the punishment of that man? A euphemism for Jesus himself in the next world. Jesus said to him, He is punished with boiling excrement. Muslims love Jesus too. Six things you didn't know about Jesus in Islam. Why do Muslims revere Jesus? So one of these groups of people hate Christ and the other ones see him as a prophet. Then we were told in 9-11 that it was the evil Muslims, the Christian nation was told that it was the evil Muslims that just hate us. If you think government is to blame for what is going on in the Middle East, then you want to probably start researching religion more. Why are things so fucked up in America? Is it the government? Is it the Democrats? The Republicans? Who is it? What's to blame? How many Palestinians are behind Hollywood, the media, finance, insurance? the medical industry, and our government. Can you even name six? How many Jews hold these positions? Six million? This is the most important point, and this is the thing that every single truther needs to get in their fucking heads. It's really important that you do. One's belief in God will always be greater than one's belief in one's political party or one's allegiance to a foreign government, as is the case with the Jews. Governments are no different than a gun. They only become dangerous when dangerous people wield their power. This is the important point of people that it's a very sort of like um, like kind of libertarian argument of like against government. Look, don't get me wrong. I know governments go corrupt and I have tons of problems with them. But governments do become this quote-unquote necessary evil, if you will, right? But they're not, they don't necessarily are evil, okay? For instance, any group that forms any sort of organization, no matter how small, whether that is a business, a nonprofit, of a church, will form a governing body. You have to. 
If you have a family, right, and you have several children, guess what? If you're the man, you're supposed to be the governor of the house. You're supposed to be the one that's like making the decisions, okay? In this sense, our church, we just formed our church, and the governing body is Jennifer and I. Does that, because we have a government of our church, it's literally a government, it's laid out in our bylaws, does that make us inherently corrupt? No, of course it doesn't. Jennifer and I are not corrupt at all, and we are the head of our own government. Okay? If you're still blaming corrupt governments for the problems in the world, well, I agree. The governments have gone completely corrupt. But governments are no different than a gun. They're just a bunch of shit written down in paper. It takes people with an agenda. And as we'll find out, the people that are behind those governments that have the agenda are based on religion. So if you're still blaming the corrupt governments for the problems in the world, well, I agree. We have problems with governments. Amen. But the corruption does not come from the government itself. So you got to go a lot deeper than that. Palestinians, you need to know something. You're defending yourself. Plain and simple. We know who farted. Okay? We have every right to do every, You have every right to do everything in your power to stop that bloodshed. God gave us the ability to defend ourselves. Period. If you're dispel, if you're if you're using your force to dispel violence, when the violence has been committed against you, that is not bloodshed. That is your right to defend yourself from being annihilated. People are trying to make, and I've seen this happen in the truth community, as if it's some even Stephen conflict. It's fucking not. We have a holy book that tells us who smelt it and who fucking dealt it. God commands us, and this is what we know at the Gnostic Church as Christians, that God commands us to live righteously in unity, in truth, in peace, in love, in understanding, and have patience. The only problem is, is that there is a religious group that doesn't even see you as a human, goy. And we're going to talk about that moving forward. First, we're going to pass the basket around, though. Um, we have incorporated our church, and uh, we'll be talking about that in the future. We're going to actually talk about incorporating the church and why we did that and what our plans are, and I'm even going to go over our, our uh, financial status and the IRS, all of it. We're going to go over all of it so that we are completely open to our congregation. Okay, So um, you can make checks payable too, or if you want to send a message or snail mail or anything like that, or just a message to say, hey, Marty, you're kind of a dumbass, you can send it to Gnostic Academy, 7781 County Road, 3440 Mountain View, Missouri, 65548. I was going to play some music. I usually play some music during this time, but um, I don't have my guitar with me because we had to travel light. So so we'll, we'll skip the music today. But um, but yes, if you'd like to send anything, we really appreciate that. And then also we have uh, Venmo, Buy Me a Coffee, Cash App, PayPal, um, and we also do Subscribe Star as well. If you'd like to support monthly, it's what keeps this church going. We can't keep going without your support. It's that simple. If you'd like to continue to see this work and like to continue to uh, you know tune into these sermons, it's all on your guys' shoulders. I'll keep doing this as long as you guys allow me to, and as soon as you don't allow me to, I, I'll, I'll move on. It's that simple, you know. So we appreciate all the people that do stop by. Okay, thank you so much. God bless. God bless all of you. Okay, so let's talk about this racist and supremacist religion. But let's not talk about it. Let's just have them tell us themselves. How does the Torah view non-Jews? Does the Torah view non-Jews as inferior to Jews? Well, we are the chosen people. We're, we are racist, meaning that we know God chose us to be his people. Because since we're the chosen people, that's why we suffer pogroms and inquisitions and holocausts 
because we're God's people and God takes us to task for not acting like we should up to his standards and therefore we have to go through things that are very difficult. We are considered, we consider ourselves the chosen people, we're God's people, and it comes along with a lot of responsibility. But we want to be Jews, we're happy with Jews, and even though we have to live up to expectations of God, we're very happy to be Jewish and we won't give it up for anything. So as you can see, they have the right, just like everybody else has, and they do, they have the right to preserve their people and their race and all of that stuff, of course. But of course, not at the expense of everyone else and other people's land that have they've been on for years and years and years. So uh, Judaism at its core, and this is what we're going to learn today, is, is supremacist. They do not see you as an equal. He just said, they both just said, we're racist, we're proud of it. Do you, do you guys see yourself as in you know, a superior? Well, we are the chosen people. So what we like to do is follow the golden rule here at the Gnostic Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ, and that's to walk in twain in another person's shoes, right? We, we're, we're, we're obligated to do that. Because we are heart-centered, we are obligated to say, hey, let me put myself in your shoes. And before I do any sort of criticism or anything like that, let me just walk in your shoes and see what you've dealt with and see the kind of life you've lived. And then when I do that, I'll have full empathy and full sympathy and full understanding. Jews don't do that. They don't give a shit. They'll tell you that. It's in their holy books. Because... Judaism, by its very nature, is literally a group of people that adhere to a God and they do not see you as equal to them. By nature, Judaism becomes a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy of their people. They are conspiring to literally make the entire world the, the, the greater Israel project. By nature, it's literally a conspiracy. Now, because this has been known by countries and people across the world, these Jews have been thrown out of countries. Now, once again, this is not a conspiracy theory or hatred or hate speech or anything like that. This is what their historians tell you. That rabbi just told you that. This is why we have to suffer pogroms and Holocaust and everything like that. People have seen how this religion works in the world and how they interact with one another, with people that are followers of Judaism. And when people find this out and how wicked it is, they throw them the fuck out of their countries, according to Jewish historians. Jews have been thrown out of 359 different countries, nations, or states. That tells you something. Is the whole world anti-Semitic? Is the whole world anti-Jewish? Or are these people organizing in different countries all over the world in a way that is not conducive to the well-being of the indigenous people of those nations? I'll let the audience make up their minds themselves. 
So, oh, you know, the, I don't know what the number is. It, it, you know, it goes from 109 to 365, but at least according to, once again, Jewish historians, is this has happened dozens and dozens and dozens of times. The Jews have been thrown out. I just randomly, not randomly, I've been meaning to pick it up, but it, I started reading Henrik Nolius's, um, Henrik Nolius Agrippa's Three Occult Books on Philosophy. And in the introduction to this book, one of the first things they talk about is how the priest class threw out the Jews. Why? Because of anti-Semitism that keeps come, coming up because people are against <laughs> the language of a people? No. It's because we've seen how they operate and who their God is. Now remember, if you've been following along at the Gnostic Academy of Lord Jesus Christ, you know that we just go line by line through the New Testament. We've done the entire book of Mark and we're almost, what, we're 21 chapters through the book of Matthew? And how many times, how many places is Jesus coming out and not mincing words and railing against the fucking Palestinians? Oh wait, no, it's not the Palestinians. No, it's not. He rails against the Jews. So I keep looking through this thing called the Bible and nowhere in it can I find Jesus telling the Palestinians that they are, quote, <clears throat> of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. Jesus was not speaking about the Palestinians there. He wasn't, you know. So... And really what we have, one of the problems in Christianity is, and that we call it out all the time. In fact, it gets kind of almost uh, over the top or sometimes it's just too much. I would say that I call this shit out, but too bad. That's what you're getting anyway. So somehow this religion whose father is of the devil is now being promoted by Christian churches. Because as I've said, and I think you're seeing it now, Christians don't know what the fuck they're reading. As far as I can tell, and I've seen it literally for years now, Christians have no idea what's actually going on in their good book. Well, we're going to straighten it out for you here at the Gnostic Church Academy of Lord Jesus Christ. So this is, I don't know when this was, but it's like, oh, Charles E. Lindbergh's attack on the Jews has elicited a prompt response from clergymen throughout the country. The Pope! The Pope! Because yeah, he's a trustworthy guy. Um, he's, he's spoken for all and declaring the fact that this man fights anti-Semitism it's, it's, a, it's a scourge. It's a virus, right? And so this, this uh, anti-Semitic, this, this pro-Israel, pro-Jewry sentiment has absolutely infiltrated the churches. And as we see it today. Of course, uh, that 33rd degree Freemason, Henry Ford had something to say about this. He said that the Jew has got a hold of the church in doctrine, in liberalism, so-called in the feverish and feeble sociological diversions of many classes. If there is any place where a straight study of the Jewish question should be made, it is in the modern church, which is unconsciously giving allegiance to a mass of Jewish propaganda. Well, we're going to make you conscious of it, Christians. Read your Bible. How did, what, I mean, how did this happen? How is it that Christianity has gone so far awry. Well, as we can see, it's because of those inside manipulators. It's literally people that have gone in with an agenda to try to pervert and distort the doctrine of Christ, people. 
So if any of you Christians are playing the, the side, it's like, well, there's, there's both to be blamed here for what's going on. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, okay, I'm sure there's blame to be gone all around. That's fine. Absolutely, right? I'm sure there's some, you know, et cetera. But at the end of the day, just so you know, we know who farted. We know who dealt it. And there's no question about it because it's been written into holy writ. And the only reason Christianity is in the state that it's in today is because they don't know what the fuck they're reading. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the documents and it's confirmed it's not the Palestinians. <laughs> when societies are hit by a super tyranny, we, we've got the documents and the document is called the Holy Bible. But not only that, we have the documents of just, I don't know, just opening your eyes and being conscious of the inside manipulators in this country, the United States. So let's take a look at them. Let's look at that COVID-19 agenda thing with the vaccines and everything like that. Everybody that was involved in it was um, not Palestinians. There was, as far as I could tell, no Palestinians. <laughs> I'm sure there was one or two here there. But in general, um, the propaganda machine that was for going on for two years, still is going on, by the way, or whatever it was for, through COVID, that was not brought to you by Palestinians. Um, when we look at who's behind Joe Biden and Donald Trump, okay, as we know, those guys are pro-Israel all day long. Everybody that's behind them, not, not Palestinian. And then we look at... Um, so when we look at, oh, it's like, oh, the media is bringing us this coverage of the war. And then we say, well, is any of the media Palestinians? No. So are we going to get any sort of actually, <laughs> actual, like, you know, uh, real information? And we're going to get both sides of the story when it comes to our media. No, you're only going to get one side of the story. And you know what that story is? Not Palestinian side. That's for sure. And then, of course, when we look at, um, you know, the porn of the world and all this degeneracy that we see that's happening with young men and women and stuff like that and watching, you know, um, daughters get screwed and that sort of that was all that's all brought to you by um, not Palestinians. Like, for instance, Sam Roth, who made porn protected speech. It's not speech, though. You're actually like physically doing that. Anyway, we're not going to get into that. His name was Sam Roth and he's not a Palestinian. Um, when we look at the mass immigration and migration and all the refugees and stuff like that and the NGOs that are behind that, those are not Palestinian. I just, we're just, you know, we're just stating facts here. This is no, once again, no anti-Semitism or hate speech. We're just pointing out truth because Christ commands that we do that. Okay, cool. So let's just keep going here. I know I, I, I'm kind of berating the point. Let me berate. So um, abortion and uh, population control. Alan Frank Guttmacher, who is the president of Planned Parenthood and the VP of the Eugenics Society, not Palestinian. Not, not, nope, no. Um, how about the Federal Reserve? God, those evil Muslims and them fucking with our financial system. God, I hate it. Every, every single Amas, right? Or whatever, I'm sorry. Not Palestinian. Nobody behind the Federal Reserve that is absolutely tanking this country right now, they, they, they're not Palestinians. Um, Hollywood, is Hollywood run by Palestinians? No. <laughs> so, so how about Disney? Disney, uh, my favorite Palestinian is, Palestinian is Alan Braverman, who is the senior executive VP behind 
uh, Disney now, who is completely uh, perverting and distorting the minds of our youth. So as we can see, the Palestinians, but you say, well, Marty, it's not all Jews. I mean, you can't see, people of the world, as we could see, they're not all Jews. Well, this gets back to this whole thing that Henry Ford warned, warned us about. Henry Ford wrote in The International Jew. He said, yes, we know that not all the people that are in power are, are aligned with Judaism or, or, uh, or practice Judaism or are quote unquote Jews. And we'll get into the Jews thing. Just calm down. Just hold on. Okay. We understand. But this is what Henry Ford called a Gentile front. For the time being, this is from International Jew, from the time being until it will be safe to give responsible government positions to our brother Jews. Let's let's slow this down and read this real slow so you can drink up this alchemy. For the time being, until it will be safe to give responsible government positions to our brother Jews, we shall entrust them to people whose past and whose characters are such that there is an abyss between them and the people. In other words, they're going to find people that are compromised morally and they have the compromised integrity and they don't believe in God and they don't give a shit. They'll sell out their family in order to get rich. They're going to find people who are, you know, let's just say they have that tendency towards Satanism, if you know what I'm saying, right? They're compromised individuals. We're going to find those people. We're going to work with them. We're going to give them fucking money and we're going to put them into positions of power and they're going to do our dirty work. I'm giving you the, you know, the, the abridged version, if you will, the cliff notes, if you will, of the international Jew. So then he says this, this is the practice known as using Gentile fronts. So when these people all over the world are like, well, it's not all the Jews. Yeah, we know that. But who's behind those people that are not Jews? Where is it? They, once again, but, but, but Joe Biden's not Jewish and Donald Trump's not Jewish. Oh no, they're, they're part of the Gentile front. And everybody behind them is directing what they're doing because they're compromised pieces of shit. Once again, if you go out late at night and you go into the woods, if you listen closely, you can hear retards mating. The Jew is the only and original international capitalist, but as a rule, he prefers not to emblazon that fact upon the skies. He prefers to use Gentile banks and trust companies as his agents and instruments. The suggestive term Gentile front often appears in connection with this practice. So people that are like calling, you know, there's like the grabbler. They call it the grabbler. Do you know who's behind the grabbler? We can prove it. Let's read more from, let's take our time and let's read more from the International Jew by uh, Henry Ford. In this divergence between the Gentiles and ourselves an ability to think and reason is to be seen clearly the seal of our election as the chosen people. As higher human beings, in contrast with the Gentiles, who have merely instinctive and animal minds. You animals. It's almost like they're trying to dehumanize people. Interesting. They observe, but they do not foresee, and they invent nothing except perhaps material things. It is clear from this that nature herself predestined us to rule and guide the world. So when I say Judaism is, itself is a conspiracy, it absolutely is. But it's not a political conspiracy. Oh, there's politics involved. Absolutely. It's not a governmental conspiracy. Oh, there's governments involved. Absolutely. It's a religious conspiracy. It's a religious mafia. And do you know what they do? 
reject Christ all day long. Reject the truth. This, of course, has been the Jewish method of dividing humanity from the earliest times. The world was only Jew and Gentile. All that was not Jew was Gentile. And this is why we say when we look at all of these people that are behind the media and finance and Hollywood and the presidents, when we say that they're not Palestinians, this is what we mean by you go down the rabbi hole. And it's every Stein, Singelberg, Timowitz. And there's no getting around it. You either face it up to this problem in our world or your children will fucking live in the Hunger Games. Does that sound harsh? It's a harsh reality sometimes. When we talk about dehumanizing people, we can see this in real time. Who's actually dehumanizing and who's not? I was out at the Palestinian... This is John Cusack. I was out at the Palestinian March in Chicago. I'll tell you what I didn't hear. I didn't hear death to Israel. I didn't hear death to Jews. I didn't hear people celebrating the murder of Israeli citizens. You're not going to hear any of that at the Gnostic Church either. What I did hear is that we must free Palestine from a brutal occupation, people concerned for their loved ones, and a hell zone stuck without food, water, and power, deep anguish over people being told to leave and bombed as they left. It's an open-air fucking prison, as we all know. It's been that way for a long time. And you know what? When I was listening to that Alex Zek and Hassan Abbas interview, they were talking about even through all of this time, people still had children. Those Palestinians, even though they were being murdered and bombed and kept in prison, they still had children. They still understood that life was worth it. Do you know why they understood that? Because of their political position. Because of their, because of their government. No, because of God. Because God is the most powerful force in people's lives. And even in the middle of a hellhole, in, a, in, a, in an open-air prison, where your people are being murdered, children are being murdered, you're still like, life's fucking worth it. This is why I get so upset at, the, at, the, at those Gnostics that are all like, it's a demiurge that created this thing. Shut up. Shut up. Enough. No, these people are in, a, 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 whatever your position in life is, maybe it's really bad, that sort of thing, that's fine. It's nothing compared to what's going on at the Gaza Strip. Nothing. Stop bitching. Stop complaining. Stop being a whiny little cunt. Yeah, I said that. It's a church service. Yeah, whatever. Point is this. These people are, in, are enduring and they're continuing on no matter the bloodshed. They're having children because of their belief in God. That's how powerful God is. So this is what you'll hear at a Palestinian march. And here's what, what Jewish bloodlust looks like. Here's Laura Loomer. Didn't, didn't you hear? She, she's like pro-Christ now. That's what, that's what they were saying on the chans. I, so this is what she tweeted. I support the complete destruction of Gaza. Hate speech? Racism? Supremacy? We're not saying that, are we? No. But is this video going to get flagged and taken down? Probably. They have had more than enough time to evacuate. Uh, it's too late. You, you had enough time. Now, now we're just going to just bomb all you and destroy everybody. Palestinian terror must come to an end. But wait, who's behind Hamas? Is it Palestinian or is it Hamas terror? But who's behind Hamas? Ah, forget about that. I support the actions taken by Israel by cutting off water, electricity, and food aid to Gaza. That's war crimes. They're openly calling for war crimes. I 100% support this, just so we're clear. This is what Gaza... Now, I don't... I want to say this, once again, little disclaimer. I don't trust any video these days. You really can't, okay? Um, you just can't. You can't trust video. But 
As far as I can tell, this video is legit. Okay? And if it's not or whatever, I apologize. But as far as I can tell, yes, this is absolutely what Gaza looks like. So there are people who are like, yes, we want more of this. Uh, more. More. De Let the blood run, run through the streets. I want to see the entrails of children. People, there are people that are calling for this shit. You just heard it. it. Are we calling for that here at the Gnostic Church? No. Everyone I know, once again, is heart-centered. And we're saying, enough of this shit. But the problem is, is we have to go to the people that farted. We have to go to the person that smelt it. Or the, the group of people, or the religion that dealt it. That, my friends, you can whine, you can complain, you can ignore, you can throw accusations, whatever. But at the end of the day, you'll find out that, once again, we, we, we know who smelled it, we know who dealt it. There, we, are, we have been given a holy book to tell us who started this shit. Now, we all want it to end. But guess what, guys? It is not going to end. No matter how heart-centered you are, no matter how much love you pour out into the world, there are people in this world that don't see you as human, and that is, once again, codified into their religion. They see you as animals. And an animal, they have no problem, just like stepping on an anthill, these people have no problem doing this to your country. The genocide of Gaza will be the first genocide in modern history that was completely obvious to everybody in the world due to social media. Israel has signaled the genocide by its rhetoric and carpet bombing for a week. Indiscriminate bombing of women and children and men and all that. I mean, as you guys know, I mean, the numbers vary. I've heard anything from 30 to 50 to 60%, but the Gaza Strip is, is mostly children. Like children under the age of 18. And these people are saying, annihilate all of them. The mainstream media has laid the ground. Who's behind the mainstream media, though? Not Palestinians. Not Palestinian media has laid the groundwork for genocide by faking stories and whipping up hysteria. In the U.S., the U.K., the EU have given Israel diplomatic, unequivocal support to carry out this genocide. Literally no one I know has an excuse to say that they didn't know. This is Abby Martin, a two-minute clip on Joe Rogan several years back. This is many, many years ago. 2018, I believe this was 2018, 2019, detailing the war crimes that Israel has been involved in for literally years. It's just shocking. I mean, it's shocking how many war crimes were committed on camera. And it's just amazing the propaganda um, that's just told to us about what this is and, and why they have the right to kill people that pose no threat to them. You know, even if it were a war between armies, all of these things that Israel has done are still documented war crimes and very grievous violations of international law. And we're talking about direct targeting and assassinations by Israeli snipers of disabled people, of children, medics. press and medics. Um, and that's what who Razan was. She was a medic. And, and as you mentioned, another medic just passed away, um, was killed, rather. I, I hate to use the passive voice because you always hear Palestinians died. No, they were murdered. They're all being murdered by snipers. And I mean, you know, Palestine has a right to defend itself. And this isn't even what that is. Um, but if you look at the U.N. Charter of 1978, they say that, you know, 
occupied peoples and besieged peoples have the right actually for armed self-defense. And and the fact that this is not even what that is, that there's literally people going out there in peace with their bared chests holding flags and they're getting killed and, and sniped. There's so many amputations. I mean, just in 2018 alone, there was 35 kids who were killed. 900 shot. Jesus. Yeah, that's children. And, and you know, some of these stories are harrowing. A kid hiding behind a trash can who was sniped. A kid who went up to the fence and just put a Palestinian flag and she was shot in the head and died instantly. It just, it goes on and on and on. And so, you know, we're just trying to document this to really kind of push the needle for accountability because these laws have been agreed upon by the international community, some of them 100 years ago. And to have kind of a rogue state acting with complete impunity, knowing that it has total protection from the U.S. empire and given more freedom than ever under Trump with this goal on heights thing and the moving of the Jerusalem embassy or the moving of the embassy to Jerusalem. I mean, it's just it's abysmal and it needs to be stopped. And, um, you know, they can't control the narrative any longer because we're seeing this with our own eyes. And that's what this film does is really lays it all out. We can't afford to not be aware and we can't afford to not be educated and talking about these issues, especially when our government is subsidizing this around the world. Ten million dollars every day. That's the government's. It's the government's fault. But who, once again, who is behind those governments? Who are the who are who, what is the religion that completely dominates the United States government today? It's not the, it's not the Christian faith. That's for sure. Here's the Israeli defense minister. Once again, when you want to destroy a, a group of people, you tell everybody how inhumane they are. They're just, they're animals. Their religion says that everybody who is not them thinks that. Is that, is that tough to swallow? You better start swallowing it. Here's the Israeli defense minister. I have ordered a complete siege on Gaza. No electricity, no food, no fuel, no water. Everything is closed. We are fighting human animals and we act accordingly. We're fighting human animals. They're just animals. We can just, you know. But Marty, it's not all the Jews. I mean, come on. It's not all the Jews. You can't you can't come on and say it's like, no, this is governments. And it's, the, it, it's the Wetiko. It's the darkness behind the governments. It's the, no, 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 no. Well, well, we'll, we'll suss this out today, what a Jew is. So, of course, we can't blame all the Jews, right? Because it's obviously there's lots of Jews that consider themselves Jews that don't practice Judaism, that may not believe in the whole chosen one, that sort of thing. So let's suss this out today. So what is what is a Jew? Who is a Jew? Okay, well, let's talk about the different variations of Jew. So on the upper left-hand corner there, you have a follower of Judaism. That's what they. That's what a Jew is. Traditionally defined today as someone who follows Judaism. That's defined as a Jew. Then on the right there, you have... Uh, upper right there, you have a person that's like, well, they consider themselves Jewish because maybe their mother was Jewish or their dad was Jewish or something like that or whatever, but they've kind of fallen away from, you know, the religion and that sort of stuff. And so they don't practice it. And they may even be like, oh, I don't, I don't agree with what's going on in the, that, in the Middle East and that sort of stuff. And that's fine. And so, but they consider themselves a Jew, even though they don't follow Judaism and maybe they don't read the Torah and stuff like that, but they consider, you know, they're still of that bloodline. 
Okay. Then there is um, Lord Jesus Christ, which is actually, as it's established in the you know the 42 generations of Jesus Christ, is literally the first thing that you're given in Matthew that he actually comes from the, the this you know he's literally called was called the King of the Jews, right? Okay. So then we have this Jew. And then we're going to see that what that means in Christianity, because Jew is actually redefined, okay? And we'll actually talk about that in just a second here. So, um, and then that's why I can even label, as we'll see in just a second, actually that that lower right-hand corner pick, that's me. And that, as you can see, there's Jew in front of that. So is Marty a Jew? What? What's going on? Yes, actually, and I'll show you what, what I mean by that. So um, as we can see here, there's the categories here. So we have the, up in the upper left-hand corner, that's a follower of Judaism who thinks that they are chosen, that think that they have a supremacist outlook. They think that they're better than you, okay? And then on the right there, there's a Jew who's no longer religious or is maybe, you know, whatever. Maybe they're atheist or whatever, but their family is Jewish and that sort of thing. And then there's the Jew who is one who is circumcised in the heart, Remember when we started this whole conversation saying that Jesus command? it's not even like a, just a nice idea, some good philosophy. Oh, Jesus, I, uh, I, I really, I really, I'm really in sync and aligning with what you're saying. No, 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 no. This is Jesus commanding us that we, we need to lead with our hearts. And this is what, this is how Jew is redefined in the New Testament in Romans. And we'll read this in just a second. It's one who is circumcised in the heart. For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly. This is Romans 2.28 and 2.29. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. Literally, you know, um, chopping the top of you, <laughs> the tip of your penis off. This is something that happens all the time in the United States. We'll get into that in just a second, right? Um, but this is... Um, you know, uh, this is, uh, I mean, what, what, what do we want to say? It's absolutely brutal, circumcision is. So Jesus says, guess what? In order to be a Jew, you don't need to chop anything off. That's outward in the flesh. We're done with that. Then he says this, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter. What do they mean? What does he mean? Not in the letter. In other words, not a bunch of people that were following the Torah line by line and word for word, being like, well, this is what I thought. Whose praise is not of men. Once again, we've discussed that. What are the Jews doing? Praising their, right? What do you think the Talmud is? But of God. So let's say this again. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. You don't need to do genital mutilation, in other words. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit. What does he mean there? It means circumcision, circum means to circle, and scission means to cut. That's what it means. That means when we go out in this world and we follow the words of Christ and his commandments, what we are to do is to cut everything out of our world except that which is pure and loving in the heart. That's what he means. It's an inward. What's inward? It's your heart. He even says it. It's of the heart. It's of the spirit. In the spirit. And you cut everything else, all the bullshit, all the nonsense, all the noise in your world, you cut it the fuck out and you focus on one thing and one thing only and that is the pure love of Christ that's within your heart. And that's what a Jew is. He, 
the New Testament redefines what a Jew is. It's one who is circumcised in the heart, who lives every moment of this existence with, with love and commitment to truth in their heart. So the New Testament redefines what a Jew is. Well, I'm done with that. I can, I'm told, if, that's, if that's how Jew is defined in the New Testament and that's what they're saying, it's one inward and in the heart and circumcised, cutting everything out, has nothing to do with genital mutilation, you can absolutely call Marty a damn Jew. No problem. I'll call myself that. Okay? We also know that when we talk about the esoteric nature of this, what does the Jew, what are they saying here? The Jew, a Jew comes from the word, it's the root of the word jewel. Okay? And the Jew, as well, let me, let me say this one here. Let's go here first. The Jew is what? It's a precious stone. That's what a, that's what a jewel is. A jewel is a precious stone. A diamond, a rock, of course, whatever, that sort of thing. It's a jewel. Okay? L is a Semitic title for God. Well, we can't be anti-Semitic if we're talking about literally talking and, and you know, uh, uh, talking about the Semitic languages today. Okay? And then even referring to them as, you know, their, their, their titles of God. Okay, so we're pro-Semitic once again. So Jewel, um, so Jew is a jewel is a precious stone, and as we know, a Jew, according to the New Testament, is one that's circumcised in the heart. And El is a, is, is a name for God. So this is a reference, by the way, to the cube. The precious stone, as we know, is the cube. Okay, is the cube. What does the cube do? So all these people are like, why do they worship cubes and shit? It's just they're all fucking crazy. No, you're not educated. I wasn't educated either. I'm not I'm not berating you or coming down on you. I'm teaching because I was uneducated too. No, the cube, what does the cube do? It represents every single human being as they're walking the spirit of God that puts himself within the center of every human being and walks through the three-dimensionality of this creation. Up, down, left, right, forward, and reverse. That's what the cube represents, the three dimensions of space. And what's inside that cube, that seventh point as we've come to know, is the Christ is the divine spark that exists within all people. That spark is equal. God is egalitarian in this sense. Not physically, right? Men and women are equal. Well, yeah, they are divinely. In the spirit, they are. Yes. Physically, no. No, like I can lift way more than my wife and women can get pregnant and all this other shit, right? We know that there's difference, but God is an egalitarian in the divine realms, in the metaphysical realms. This is what the cube represents. The cube represents the egalitarian nature of the divine spark within every single human being. It is within all, no matter the race, the religion, or the creed. And this is why God, this is why Jesus Christ commands us to love our enemies, because even our enemies has that divine spark within them. Now, what do we see with Judaism? They're saying, you don't have that divine spark. We're higher than you. We're higher beings. We're chosen. We're better than you. It's incumbent upon us to rule over you. You're not equal with us. Here at the Gnostic Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ, we see ourselves with equal, equal with everybody. We even embrace all the great traditions. Why? Because we realize that at the core of all of these great traditions are this is that eternal truth. So while the Jews go around and say, ah, oh, they literally call every other tradition less than them, goyim, that sort of thing. We as Christians in this church do the exact opposite. 
We'll go and talk about the Native American religions. We'll go talk about we'll go talk about the Norse stuff. We'll get into Hinduism we, as we did today. We'll even talk. We'll talk about the Quran and stuff like that. We'll be doing more of that in the future. So one group of people that adheres to a race, that here excuse me adheres to a religion that is part of a religion, at their core rejects all of the other ones. Now we know that's all bullshit. Colossians 3.11 knows that, that that supremacist worldview is bullshit. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. And so for all you people that are not, not hip to the esoteric element and how important this stuff is in the world, remember we started this whole thing by saying, hey, the emblem of Israel encodes pie, and then they even started the state of Israel on pie day? Hey, maybe Marty might be onto something. Okay, so we understand that the divine spark exists within all people. We, we, we understand that. We teach it. The problem is, is there is a religion that doesn't view it the same way. So when we understand that Christ is in all, above all, through all, and within you all, right, we, we see that, okay, so we, we, have, we, we can redefine this then. Because there's one, we can define what a Jew is, right? What the real issue is Judaism, right? So when we say, okay, so there's a Jew that's a follower of Judaism, and then there's a Jew that's no longer religious or their family is Jewish or whatever, that's their thing, that's fine. And then there's a Jew who's one who's circumcised in the heart. And then so we can say that no matter what Jew, quote unquote, you identify as, you have the moral responsibility to name this Jew, so if you're saying, well, it's not the Jews in the world. Okay, cool. I'm not saying that all the Jews in the world are behind this sort of stuff. But if you are Jewish, right, or if your family is Jewish, and you are, um, you know, if, if, if you're, um, uh, what, what do I want to say? If you're benefiting from any sort of uh, your family members or stuff like that that are, quote unquote, practicers of Judaism, then you as a Jew have an obligation to call out that Jew. Whether it's your family members, whether it's the people you know, it doesn't matter. You have an obligation to say, hey, this religion, even that's part of my family, it's racist and supremacist. And that may mean you have to call it your mom or your dad or, or uncle, you know, Ira or whatever the fuck it is. You may have to call them out. But that's, the, well, guess what? Well, if uh, you're actually for humanity and actually for the equality of all people and actually recognize that the divine spark exists within everybody, then you as a former Jew or of family members of Jew, you have every, you have the responsibility and divine obligation to call that religion out. That's what the whole New Testament is about. Jesus did it. Jesus did it. Why don't you? Me as a Jew who's one that's circumcised in the heart, who's not a Jew, well, I am circumcised, but I'm not outwardly in the heart I'm circumcised. This is what we're doing. We're calling out that religion. So people are like, well, it's not all Jews. Well, I'm not saying it's not all Jews. No, all Jews don't are, that identify as a Jew don't necessarily follow Judaism. But if you are a quote-unquote Jew, then you have the absolute obligation to call out your own fucking people. I do it. I do it. Just, oh, Marty, you're being a hypocrite. What? No, do you You should stop by the Nostra Church Academy, Lord Jesus Christ, sometimes because I rail on Christians. Holy shit. I, I, I pull no punches. I go hard in the freaking paint. In fact, here's a video called Your Churches Are Cocked. <laughs> so, so I can do it. I'll call out my people. I will call out Christians. I've had family that family members that are Catholic. You know, I've got friends that sort of stuff. No problem. I will call it out. I do it. You need to do it. 
So all you people that are like, oh, it's not all the Jews. Okay, I'm not saying it's all the Jews. But if you are a quote-unquote Jew, non-practicing member of Judaism, right? That sort of thing. You don't do that anymore. That's fine. But you have a responsibility, just like we do. So all you people that are saying it's not all the Jews, no one's saying it's all the Jews. We are saying it's Judaism, though. That's the problem. Let's go over this again. Speaking of giving the Christians a bunch of shit, <laughs> let's, let's do it here. Okay, first, what's the problem? Old Testament, Jews wait around for the Messiah. <clears throat> this is a review, but this is a good review. Good time for this. So the Old Testament, this is what this is what Judaism is essentially today. They uh, say the Jews wait for the Messiah, and then we find out in the New Testament that the Messiah arrives. And then what happens? That the Jews reject their Messiah. They reject Jesus Christ, and then they hate him. <laughs> they literally... They literally hate Christ and all of the followers of Christ and Adam and all that sort of shit. And then, so what happens? Judaism becomes an antichrist religion. Part of the religion of Judaism now is rejecting Christ. So then what happens? So that's the rip on the Judaism. And then let's rip on the Christians now, right? Because once again, we like to be even-handed with our criticisms here at the Gnostic Church. Christians wait for the Messiah. The problem is, is the Messiah already arrived. Jesus was already here, still is here. He arrives again within you. This is this is why esoterica is so important. This is why what we're talking about at this church is infinitely fucking important. Because most Christians, as I said, you don't know what you're reading. It's clear. Christ arrives again within you. And because Christianity loses this gnosis, this knowledge, it becomes a damn joke. And it's, it allows the inside manipulators to come in and do what? Get all these churches to be pro-Zionist and what? Anti-Christ. Those Christian churches, let me be very clear right now. If you're attending a Christian church and they're pro-Israel or pro-Zionist, you're attending an anti-Christ church. Is it the Catholics? Protestants? Is it Baptists? Is it whoever it is? It doesn't matter. Pick your denomination. Wheel of Fortune denomination, if you will. Doesn't matter. Any of them, any of them that are that are pro-Zionist, you are part of a Christian religion that's anti-Christ. Am I clear? Galatians 6. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. We'll get back to that in a second. Why is circumcision so common in the United States? Traditionally, the U.S. medical establishment promoted male circumcision as a preventative measure for an array of pathologies, including reduced risk of penile cancer, urinary tract infections, sexually transmitted diseases, and even cervical cancer in, in sexual partners. And this comes from an article that's called Circumcision, a Religious Obligation or the Cruelest of Cults. You say, well, why is circumcision so popular in the United, in the United States? Why is circumcision a Jewish ritual so popular in the United States. It's because of the Palestinians. It's the fucking Palestinians again. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, 
and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, and mercy, and upon the Israel of God. All those, uh, it's, it's hilarious when people think that they're, that, that Christianity is some, like some conspiracy. Adam Green, my lord, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Get some conspiracy, and then apparently you can't read. Apparently these people can't read. So why should you concern yourself with all of this stuff? Because Gaza is coming to your country. It's already here. It's been here. What do you think Ukraine is? What do you think 15-minute cities are? What do you think Lahaina is? Remember? Remember? Did you guys, I remember, did you guys see this um, this footage of Lahaina, uh, Hawaii? I don't, I'm sorry if I'm saying that correctly. This is the footage of, oh no, that's not Lahaina. That's not Hawaii. That's Gaza. It could be, it could be Hawaii though. I mean, <clears throat> you see what I'm saying? So all those people that when we started is like, I don't really give a shit what's going on over there. I'm concerned about shit here. You better start giving a shit because what's going on over there has been going on here for a long, long time. And so when we talk about the Jews, this is a PSA. When we talk about, well, the Jews, okay, well, this is a, P is a public service announcement to all of our Jewish friends. All those people that identify as Jews but don't practice Judaism... This is for you too, because as the world, you know, history repeats itself. And as we can see, you guys have been thrown out of country after country after country after country. And do you think that's going to stop now? No, it's not. Just so you know, history is going to repeat itself because guess what? Light is greater than the darkness. That's written to us in Holy Writ too. So we actually have deep concern here at the Gnostic Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ for, let's go here, for those Jews on the upper right. And the Jews on the upper left. We have concern because if you don't get your shit together, and if you don't, as a, as a Jew who's not practicing Judaism, if you don't start calling out the ultimate supremacy of the people, of the you know, family members and stuff like that, that practice your religion, you will suffer as well. All those, pe all those Jews who are, are actually not adhering to the Torah and don't really give a shit, maybe they're atheists, guess what? You will be targeted as well. We don't want to see that happen. We want to make sure that we that we call out exactly who needs to be called out and rebuke exactly who needs to re be rebuked. And guess what? We don't need to do shit. I don't need to make some new script or do another sermon to say any of that stuff. Just read your New Testament. So we're actually concerned about all the people, all the Jewish people that will be affected by this. So it's incumbent upon you to say, hey, guess what? Those people that are following that religion, it's racist and supremacist and wicked. That's on your shoulders now. We do it all the time here at the Gnostic Church. So this is a PSA, a public service announcement to all of our Jewish friends. You better watch it. You better do as we're doing right now and make sure to call out evil. And when you do, chances are it's going to bring you to Christ. So, And if you do come to Christ, chances are your family members... Well, I don't know. I don't know what the. I don't know what. I don't know what the. I guess that'll be in. That'll be up to you. <laughs> I'll just leave that at that. So anyway. So what do we do with this situation right now? Because that's the question. So people say, okay, fine. We uh, maybe okay. We get it. There's this problem of religious problem, a, a serious, 
serious fucking religious problem here. What do we do? Should we all, uh, uh, well, I, I know what some people, like if you go on 4chan, you know, what they'll say is like, well, we should all just put them in a country and then carpet bomb them. Okay, well, that's not what you're going to be hearing from the Gnostic Church here. So what do we do about them? Everybody can see, and this is the big thing too. Everybody talks about problems, but we, we need solutions, right? Okay, well, I'm going to give you some solutions today. And guess what? It's solutions that happen throughout history. It's the same thing that's happened throughout history. Now, right now, this is what the Telegraph said. So it said, um, in Britain, foreign students, academics, and workers who commit anti-Semitic acts or praise Hamas face being expelled from Britain under plans being drawn up by the Home Office. If you criticize Jews or praise Hamas saying, hey, uh, what we're being told is not true and we're actually on the side of Palestinians, you could be uh, a criminal and thrown out of the country. Okay, so that's what they're so that's what they're saying. If you are anti people who are antichrist, <laughs> if you're anti people who are antichrist, we're gonna throw you out of this country, and you'll be considered, I'm sure, like domestic terrorists, that sort of stuff. Okay, so if that's what they're saying about people who are pro Hamas and stuff like that, wh why would it be bad if we said the exact, if the you know the, the the inverse? If we said, okay, if you're if anybody, as we can see. The, the inside manipulators that are behind uh, the, you know, the, the financial markets and the media and Hollywood, all that sort of stuff, right? If we can say, well, all those are pro-Jewry, those, those people are pro-Semitic, they're, they're pro-Jewry, they're anti-Christ. And so we're going to say, hey, we're going to find all the people that are anti-Christ and we're going to throw them out. That's exactly what they're saying, except it's the inverse. So they can say it. No problem. If I said what I just said, that we're going to find all the Jews and throw them out, deport them, re relegate them to a certain area, people are like, that's so terrible. It's, I can't believe those things are coming out of the mouth of... This is exactly what they're telling you. They're saying it. We say the inverse. Oh, anti-Semitism, white supremacy, Nazi, blah, 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 blah. Just remember this comes from the Western chauvinist. Just remember the systematic rape, murder, assault, and torture of our men, women, and children isn't met with deportation. They can do whatever they want to our people and they will, they will experience little to no punishment. Anti-Semitism, though, that's just a step too far. Praising a foreign group that's striking back at the oppressor, that vile act must be met with deportation. If you're promote, if you're for people defending themselves against a wicked regime that is based on that is a, that is a mafia that is based on religious principles, we're going to throw you out of the country. Do you see here where our people are on the list of importance in our own homelands? Don't bother looking; we're not on it. So, if we were to say, "Hey, we're going to deport these people. We're going to relegate them to an area," right? This would not be done out of hatred or hate speech or supremacy or white nationalism or whatever the fuck you say. No, 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 no. This would be because these people are terrorists. They're terrorists, and their terrorism is based not on their politics, not on their race, not on their government, not on their you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It is based on their religion. This is dual citizenship. These are all the House of Representatives, U.S. Senate, you know, there's congressmen, everything like that, as we know, that are literally dual citizens. They have an allegiance to another country, and yet they're in this country 
and they're making decisions that affect everybody. So once again, it's the government that's the problem. It's the government. You just got to get rid of the governments of the world. What happens as soon as you get rid of government? You know what's going to happen? You're going to start forming another government. You're going to have a governing body. This is exactly what you're going to do. And you're still going to have to deal with the fact that there is a racist, quote-unquote racist, supremacist religion of this world that doesn't give a fuck about you. That's particularly Antichrist. These are all the people that have dual citizenship, dual loyalty. This is a list of people who are domestic terrorists. What do... Now, what am I going to call for today? I'm going to call for finding these people and putting them in a pogrom. That's what I'm calling for today. That's what needs to be done. That's what's been done throughout history. That is merciful. That, what I just said, is done out of complete love in my heart. Why? No, it's not. That's awful, Murray. No, it's not. No, it's not. Isn't that what the Israeli people are doing to the Palestinians right now? They relegated them to one area in a country and it's an open-air fucking prison? So I'm just saying, why don't we put them in that situation? Let them walk in our shoes, the Palestinian shoes. That's the most merciful thing we could do. Relegate them to a pogrom, not do business with them, let them fend for themselves. This is what's been done throughout history. This is merciful. That's the most merciful thing you could do. Are we calling for bloodshed? No. Are we calling for the the, the complete ethnic cleansing? No. No. You know what, though? Our law says if you're a domestic terrorist, if you have dual loyalty, not even dual loyalty, you don't have dual loyalty. You have loyalty to your country and your race and your religion. That is domestic. That is treason. That's domestic terrorism. Do you know what our laws say? The penalty is death. That's not me saying that. That's the United States law saying that if we have terrorists in this country, that they are an imprisonment with a minimum fine of $10,000 if not sentenced to death. The penalty is death or no less than five years. Are, am I calling for the imprisonment of these people? No. Am I calling for the death of these people? Absolutely not. Our laws say, though, that that is absolutely something that could be on the table. So we say, well, how do we find these people? Well, first off, we look at their religion. And the other thing we could do is, I don't know, maybe start with Epstein's Black Book. <laughs> like, how we, so this is what we do. We, find, we first start with Epstein's Black Book, and we find everybody that's in there. The Gentile front and all the Jews. Epstein is a Jew, by the way. Okay, so we start there, and then we find everybody that was on board his plane, and we seize the accounts and businesses and all the associates, their businesses and their bank accounts. We seize all of them and say, these are domestic terrorists. And then we seize that, and what do we do? We take all that and we give it back to the United States, the people of the United States. Canada, you should probably do the same. And we give that back to the people. It would be a quote-unquote witch hunt, but it wouldn't be a witch hunt. It would just be finding out who is Antichrist and who's not. Who's for humanity and who's not. Who sees one another as equal and who doesn't. And what we could do is make them wear a badge. If they're so proud to be Jewish, then show us. 
It's so funny because if we say, well, are you saying that we should pass a law to make religious people wear badges? No, I don't really think that we need more laws or anything like that. But, you know, as a, as a social experiment, I think it would be pretty interesting. It's like, you know, what's interesting is like, say, you are all f afraid of showing that you're Jewish, right? So if we said, oh, you have to wear a yellow star because to show that you're Jewish, be like, oh, I can't do that. You know what the yellow badge, the Jewish badge, the yellow star is. It was a badge that the Jews were ordered to wear by some caliphates during the Middle Ages, some European powers during the medieval and early modern periods and the Axis powers in World War II, they made these Jews wear yellow badges so that everybody knew they were a Jew. Oh, the racism. It's so racist. Why would you be ashamed? It's so funny. We're not ashamed to be Christians. We promote it. I'm putting a sign up in my in my yard. We sell, <laughs> we make, my wife makes and sells rosaries. I wear it every day. I've got, if, if there was a law that passed, you Christians need to show that you're part of Christianity and wear a cross. No problem doing that anyway. If the Jew, if you said that to the Jews, what would they do? Oh, they would cry wolf. Like, no, 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 no. Because we can't let everybody know that we're part of a religion that hates you. The badges mark the wearer as a religious or ethnic outsider, often as a badge of shame. Why is it shameful? I have no shame in wearing this cross every single day. I like it so much we make them. You can stop by the NasticAcademy.org and, and buy one if you'd like. Anyway, so you're so proud of being Jewish, we'll just show everybody the pride that you have in your religion. Once again, don't listen to what Marty Leeds has to say. Let's listen to what they have to say themselves. People say Jews are too powerful. We're too strong. We're too rich. We control the media. We have too much this, we have too much that. And we often apologetically deny our strength and our power. Don't do that. Don't do that. We have earned the right to influence public debate. We have earned the right to be heard. We have contributed disproportionately to the success of this country. Never, ever apologize for using our strength and our influence in the interests of peace. And if you need a biblical source for it, just remember the psalmist who said, Hashem owes Liamo Yutain. God will give the Jewish people strength, owes. And then, only then, Hashem Yivarechatam only then will God give the Jewish people peace. Peace will come for the Jewish people and the Jewish nation only through strength. Never apologize for using your strength for peace. He's absolutely right. God will give the Jewish people um, the power. Uh, he, he will, you know, he will be by the Jewish people's side. Of course, when I mean that, I mean by the definition of the New Testament Jew. Those who don't see in the outward, but recognize the circumcision that's in the heart. God will be finding those Jews that recognize that the only thing that there is is the love of Christ in their heart, and he will be protecting those. So Alan Dershowitz is absolutely right. He just forgot the whole... He, he, he didn't read the rest of the story. That's the problem with Jews. They don't have the whole story. They rejected the rest of the story. And that story was when the light of truth came into your world, and you all fucking rejected it, and you reject it today, and now we all have to deal with it. So I say just let everybody know who these people are. Make them mark themselves. Once again, if, if Alan Dershowitz is right, don't do that. 
don't be Hyde. We've we've you know we've contributed disproportionately to the to the success of this. Wait, aren't we all pissed off because our world's going to shit? And they're literally saying we did that. So just mark it. Be proud of your religion. I am very proud of it. Write books on it. We do sermons every Sunday. Relegate them to pogroms again. Give them a West Bank. Marty, that's so terrible. Is it? Is it? Is it so bad to say that these people should be relegated to pogroms? When you find out that they were behind the whole COVID, the, literally followers of Judaism were behind the whole COVID thing. And then we're behind all the, you know, the, the political candidates and then of course they're behind all of the media and then they're you know behind porn and then when you you know find out that they're behind all of the mass immigration that's really fucking up countries everywhere and then you find out that it was like oh, abortion and population control is like and then you look at the federal reserve and stuff like that and you look at you know it's like oh is it hollywood look at okay and then we look at it it's like you just you know you just go down the list and then you realize that it's like if they're causing all of this pro all of these problems in the world relegating them to an area and saying, hey, they're proud of this is the most loving, heartful, kind, compassionate thing you could do. Because remember, according to our laws in the United States, if these people are guilty of exactly what they're guilty of, then our laws call for what? Where is it? Sorry. Death. Imprisonment. Are we calling for that? No. No. Jews want their own land? Give them their own land. And then you can all go there and you can all worship your God, the God of this world together, and we'll leave you the fuck alone. You can have your own land. It's not going to be Israel because that's it's not going to be Palestine. <laughs> no. No. Saying, hey, let's relegate these people. Let's call them out. Let's make them wear a badge. Let's say, hey, if you're proud of your, Jude your Judaic religion, then tell everybody. And so everybody will know then. And then we can all relegate you to an area and we won't cause, you know, no death, no bloodshed, no, no anything like that. You can go and live at peace with yourselves. Give them their own Gaza Strip. That's what they're doing. They're relegating all of those Palestinian people into an open-air prison. Let's just make it even, Stephen. That's why I said make pogroms great again. Make pogrom, pogroms great again. <laughs> so um, this is what's happened throughout history. Again and again and again. That these people have been thrown out. Why? Because of anti-Semitism? Because of hate speech? Because of some whatever white national? No, 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 no. Because of their religion. Make them work. As, as I think we all know, work sets you free. Work sets you free. How many times, forget about even this conversation, how many times have you turned on the Gnostic Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ, and I've talked about the great work, about the entirety of your spiritual work is work. <laughs> your spiritual trajectory, your spiritual path, the path, your divine path, back to God Almighty, requires work. I will show my faith by my works, it says, right? That requires work, the great work. And work sets you free. Well, a lot of these people, a lot of these um, followers of Judaism, 
They don't work. They move money around. They, they, they convince your daughters to show their twats on camera and then sell it. So don't let them do that anymore. Make them work. We do. <clears throat> this is why I did the live stream a few live streams ago called Jesus Christ, Our Only Hope. Because when you realize that the conflicts of this world are not political, it's not the government's, it's not any of those things that everybody, greed, no. The most powerful force in people's lives is God. It's the most powerful force in my life, without question. And so when we realize, what's our answer to this problem? What are the answers? And this is a hard truth for most Christians, or for, for most truthers to swallow. You better start swallowing it. Christ. Jesus Christ is our only hope. Because we have a religious issue. So Christian vigilantes arise. Your nation is being taken over. Your nations are being taken over. This was that uh, a pamphlet or flyer that went out during you know Hollywood's in the beginning of Hollywood and their their you know total domination of propaganda and media and this is buy Gentile employ Gentile vote Gentile they're literally saying do not do any business with the Jews Re relegate them to their own area or whatever and you only focus on working with Christians. They were saying this way back then. Is that anti-Semitism? Is that hate speech? Is that white supremacy? Is there anything there that says anything about white people? No. Is there anything that says anything about the Democrats, the fucking Republicans? No. Do you, when you look at this flyer, do you hear, Trump, Trump. No, you don't. No, you don't. It says Christian vigilantes arise. Aries, arise. There's only one way out of this. We have issues all around the world, and the only way out is God. The most difficult and at the same time the simplest answer to the subversion is to start it here and even before. By bringing back the society to religion, something that you cannot touch and eat and put on yourself but something that rules society and makes it move and preserve it. All the sophisticated technology and computers will not prevent society from disintegrating and eventually dying out. Have you ever met a person who would sacrifice his life, freedom, for the truth like that? This is truth. But millions sacrifice their life, freedom, comfort, everything for things like God, like Jesus Christ, it's an honor, something which is not material moves society and helps it to survive. And the other way around, the moment we turn into two by two is four and make it a guiding principle of our life, our existence. We die, even though this is true, and this we cannot prove. We only can feel and have faith in it. So the answer to ideological subversion 
strangely enough, is very simple. You simply have to have faith and prevent subversion. In other words, not to be a victim of subversion. Don't strike like that. Strike with the power of your spirit and moral superiority. If you don't have that power, it's high time to develop it. And that's the only answer. That's it. Thank you. If you don't have that power, it's high time you it's high time you get it. Yuri was right. There's one way out of this. Christ told us this too. That's what we just covered. Remember when we did that whole thing about the fig tree? And that Jesus Christ came along, you know, this uh, very iconic sort of scene in you know the the you know the story of Christ. And he comes along and he sees this fig tree that's, you know, just not producing any fruit and everything like that. And he cursed it. And he cursed it forever. Christians, it's time you start reading your Bible and understanding it. He cursed this fig tree forever. He said, you're cursed. You're never going to produce any fruit. And that means any, you know, you know anything divine on this plane of existence you're never going to produce any spiritual fruit ever again do you know what the fig tree is it's well known it's israel jesus comes along the light comes along curses the fig tree the fig tree immediately withers away and all the and all the disciples stood there and they're like oh my god you know like what, what, how how i mean how how could you possibly make all of these rats all of a sudden just go away well that's the power of christ ladies and gentlemen and that's why he said you can make the scribes and pharisees wither away you can do exactly what i did and make that fig tree wither away that's what he says. And then that verse, I don't know if you guys remember this, but uh, it, 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 that chapter, it ends with uh, you know, this, and it says, uh, but when they sought to lay hands on Jesus, uh, they feared the multitude. They fear us. They fear us noticing. They fear us actually pointing out their religion. They fear us pointing out the fact that they are specifically antichrist and supremacist and hate every other religion and race in the world, they fear us, but they want you to fear them. Well, guess what? The only way out of this situation is to bring the actual light to the situation and let it shine on all of the darkness. And there is only one light that does that. And that's Lord Jesus Christ. Because he is the one that gives you your wings so that you can fly up to heaven and be a gutbard. Okay. Thank you all for uh, your time and uh, your attention and everything like that. I really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. If you'd like to become a gutbard, if you'd like to support the fine work that we do here at the Gnostic Church and Academy of Lord Jesus Christ, you can become a gutbard at subscribe star. You can become a phoenix bird, an Achilles bird, a Cygnus bird, or you can become Tom and a Pete, my freaking bird. 
And I think we have 54 subscribers over at Subscribestar. We'd like to get like 70 or something like that, right? Let's get more and more. Let's keep going. Let's keep growing. So um, once again, if you'd like to support this work, uh, donations, uh, Venmo, buy me a coffee, Cash App, PayPal, Subscribestar, all of that sort of stuff. And if you would like once again to support the church, um, or if you'd like to just send a message or a letter or anything like that, uh, you can make checks payable to Gnostic Academy. 7781 County Road 3440, Mountain View, Missouri, 65548. You can also get this sermon at the Flat Earth, Sun, Moon, and Zodiac app. That's right. You can get that at the sun, where our Sunday sermons are on there, and you can get that, and you can find out about our flat stationary plane. Uh, I want to say thank you to Content Safe for getting us on BitChute and Odyssey and all of that sort of stuff and Rumble. And, of course, we have the church store. So uh, if you'd like to support, if you'd like to buy one of those rosaries and wear it as your yellow badge, and you can wear it around and you can show everybody that you're for Christ and you won't be ashamed of it and you won't try to hide it. If you would like to do that, you can get one made by my wife. She makes all the rosaries and you can get a rosary and Bible package or you can get some educational material that we provide there and all of that sort of stuff. So, all right, I want to say congratulations. Congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Greg Arcade on the birth of their daughter, Isla Zofia Lynn. I hope I said that right. Isla Zofia Lynn. Arcade, freaking fantastic. Congratulations, my brother. So happy for you. We're so excited for all the the new Christians <laughs> that will be gracing the plane of this earth. And to Mr. Permi Bear and Amy Bear uh, on the birth of their son, Adam Jack. So congratulations, Mr. Permi Bear and Amy. So fantastic. We're so happy for you. We're we're um, And we're here for you guys if you guys need anything, as always, because we love you so much, because that's what we do. We we have a heart exploding with love because that's just how it is. That's how it is at the Gnostic Church. So I want to thank, um, this is all the donations last week and I want to thank that and we'll try to get anybody that donates this week. Um, we'll, we'll say it next week. So uh, Carly Curtis, John Vina, Alicia Crawford, Cheyenne, Cheyenne Ritt, Shannon Seal, Jared Poole, Daniel Nestor. Thank you so much, Daniel Nestor and Jared Poole. Um, very good. Um, just really appreciate the the support. Uh, David Bergeson, Daniel Hagar, J.M. Grassi, Lawrence J. Lotempio, thank you so much. Just got your uh, donation. I really appreciate that. Don Shelters, Derek, ooh, ooh spelled that incorrectly, Derek Patriot, Eric Cosell, Virginia Murray, David Weiss, ooh, the good Jew, Joshua Crawford, spelled that incorrectly too, Eugene Jacques, Penny Kinley, Jeff Matthews, and Willem Christie, and of course, all the good birds, all the people that do support every week um, or uh, you know monthly or whatever, we really support, uh, we really appreciate that. Sorry, I'm stumbling over my words. Okay. Um, that's going to do it, guys. Thank you so much. Um, may you always keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ onto eternal life. May his grace be with you all. Amen. Uh, we're going to play a song going out called Logos Rising. It's called Logos Rising. It's appropriate. And it's a song off the record, Logos Rising, that you'll be able to get at national.com probably in the next like month or so or something like that. Greg Arcade is supposed to have uh, the records up, but, I mean, that slacker, he was so busy with his wife having children. I mean... <laughs> You didn't get to my records because, oh, you were producing people. Amazing. So anyway, that's going to happen sometime in the, in the future. But right now you can get the records at NasticAcademy.org. So, and this comes from Logos Rising. Off Logos Rising. This comes from Logos Rising. It's called Logos Rising, and that's going to do it. Guys, thank you so much. We love you so much, and we really appreciate everybody that um, allows us to keep doing this. It's, uh, it's amazing. This congregation is amazing. The people are amazing. It's just awesome. So, all right, that's going to do it. Guys, let's rock out. As always... Many blessings and much love to all.
Come and me, 